0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is Dr. D. Von Young, and welcome to Conversations with Yours Truly. Last week, man, uh, I don't know what I got myself into, but it was obviously something very interesting. The subject of why do men cheat, it wasn't but a few moments before the phone lines lit up, before the chat rooms got busy, and I was hit with a barrage of opinions and text messages and phone calls uh, dealing with that very subject. Well, if you were listening to that show, uh, we had a gentleman that did a film uh, called Diary of a Tired Black Man. And believe it or not, I was actually in that movie. Um, it, it dealt with the other side of the opinion of why do men do what they do? Why do they jump? Why do people assume um, that brothers are going to go to a woman that's another race and all of this stuff? So when we started addressing this subject, uh, there was it was – To put it mildly, Tim Alexander just made uh, basically ticked a lot of people off. Uh, He started hitting on everything from uh, why single moms are at fault for why men go to other women to uh, just a, a barrage of commentary that, and again, I want to remind everybody my guest opinions aren't necessarily my opinions, but I reserve the right for anybody to speak their mind, and that's especially including you, my listener. So with that stated, I'm going to go down a list of what has been assumed to be the reasons why men cheat, and let's go. Uh, let's go to that list now. The first thing, boredom. It is an assumption that a lot of men just cheat because they're simply bored. You know, it's like after the honeymoon and infatuation period wears off. It's thought that a man just cannot be alive in a relationship, and sooner or later the ugly reality will kick in. And when that reality kicks in, brothers start kicking out. That is one assumption. Another assumption is men don't want to be committed to begin with, and the reason that they go and do what they do is they don't care if they get caught. As a matter of fact, it's a lot easier for them to get caught. And if they get caught, they don't have to leave the relationship. The woman severs it on their behalf. Now, being honest with you, uh, as a relationship expert, I have found that that is true. But it's not just true for men. It's also true for women. But there are a lot of men that unless you just kind of tell them, like, clip it, zip it, and quit it, they are not leaving. Uh, A good example of this, if you watch Love and Hip Hop and you look at Stevie J, you know, this is a brother that until someone just booted him, he was going to keep milking the cow until the udders ran dry. And that is so true of a lot of men that don't understand the value, A, of a good woman or aren't ready to be in a relationship and they're just not man enough to say, you know what, baby, I like you, I'm feeling you, but I can't commit now. And I'm saying this to the brothers that are listening. That might be a smooth thing to do. It's no point in destroying your life and somebody else's life when you are just simply not ready to man up and handle your business. Then there's this other thing. It's all about revenge. This is that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth tactic that's favored as an excuse when there's extensive and hurting blame from previous relationships. Is there some truth in that? I have to go and give that one a thumbs up too. There are a lot of brothers that men love far harder than women, and ladies, that's why that fool is sitting outside your parking lot at 2 in the morning, and that's why you look up in the grocery store, and you're buying green beans, and he's over there buying corn, so it is very true that uh, men, once they do let the guard down, once they do fall in love, they get hurt, and once they get hurt, like any wounded animal, they become very dangerous. Um, i found that this ranges from especially the nice guy, the guy that uh, really believed and loved and the guy that, married, that started dating and married that crazy girlfriend. You know the girlfriend, the one that you go, please, why are you messing up a good man? And these men, which even in my past I would say I can probably say I was one of, they've been hurt and they just don't want to commit. Now, it doesn't mean that they're all going to dog you but they're just not going to be quick or receptive to endeavoring commitment. What can we do about it? Really nothing but talk. If you're dating a man that you know is a good guy and he's just not willing to go get the ring or even put a label on it, the reason for that is probably the last time he was in a relationship, he got either cheated on, hurt. He's had to pay a lot of alimony or child support, And I'm not saying that you should not pay child support, so please don't write me on that. But what I am saying is that often good men get punished when a relationship fails, where with a jerk, he's not going to get punished because he doesn't even know it failed. That's just the way he's rolling. So if you have a man like that, the best thing that you can do is sit down and talk to him. Let him know that you're not like those other women. Let him know that God did not stop when he made him have a good heart, that he made one for you too. Men are like big babies. We're, we're walking around with the muscles and with the credit cards and the cars. But to be honest, inside of the toughest and biggest and most powerful of men, you will find a little boy. And that little boy needs to be validated. He needs to be loved. He needs someone to care about them. Now the next one is risk-taking behaviors man. You know, brothers do do some stupid stuff. Like you see a man turn 45. Next thing you know, he's bought a Harley Davis and he's riding down the street with no helmet. Or another example is the man that just can't get enough. So he's at a gentleman's club or some strip joint or he's um, trying to date two and three women. Ladies, the the bark is a lot louder and stronger than the bite. That particular guy, is really insecure, and the reason why he's dating two or three women and the reason why he's flashing his jewelry and bragging about what he owns and where he works and what he's accomplished is because he's really scared. And, you know, again, I hate to admit it, but I guess I need to lead by example. I used to be that guy too, you know, and when I was that guy, I was not able to say to you, meaning a woman, you know, I just really want you to care about me and love me. No, I'm certainly not perfect. No, I may not have uh, LeBron's money, and I may not drive a Bentley like Jay-Z, but I'm a decent guy, and I have my own paper. You know, we are often so busy trying to live up to an image, an image that's not realistic, an image that we could never attain, that we start doing these stupid risk-taking behaviors that aren't going to get us anywhere. Um, I did an interview, I think maybe a, a year or so ago, on CBS, and Deborah Duncan, a anchor in Houston, asked me a question. She said, well, what what made you write Tired of Being Alone and break a, Don't Break Down? I mean, what took you there? And I had to reminisce. I remember one evening, uh, an evening that most men would long for, and for me, it was it had just become almost like a habit. I was entertaining some women at my home, and let's just, uh, to keep this thing clean and polite, let's just say there were three pillows on my bed that evening. And in the midst of all the menage a trois and all of the heightened passion, I looked around, and I was like, you know, there's a 52-inch screen over there. There's this overpriced car in my driveway, here's some beautiful women, you know, but this why am I why am I settling for just being a tool? You know, why am I doing this? And then, you know, and later down the road I, I really thought about it when I stopped and reflected that, you know what, I've got daughters, is this the way I would want my daughters living their life, with, you know, and and all of us were grown and all of us were successful. But at the end of the day, all three of us were settling for so much less than what we really deserved in life. So when you see men that are taking on these stances and holding strong to this machismo attitude, don't so quickly throw the guy away. What he really needs is a wake-up call and possibly God sent you to be his alarm clock. You know, the whole purpose in the D. Von Young brand or the Dr. D. Von Young brand is about wholeness and restoration because I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, like Martin had a dream. Well, I have one too. My dream is that we can all be happy. My dream is that we all deserve to be loved and that we're all somebody special But until you believe that and until you buy into that, how in the hell is someone else going to? Now, (laughs) this one is just downright pathetic. This excuse is being intoxicated. If your man walks in and tells you he slept with someone because he's drunk, slap the, okay, I can't say that. I can see uh, Julia right now going, don't you say that. Um, go ahead and just feel free to let the palm of your hand greet the side of his face Because that's a bunch of bull If someone is drinking so much Which I had an uncle that did it You know, his his excuse He cheated a lot on his wife And he was tell her Well, you know, baby I ain't never went to bed with an ugly woman But I don't know, woke up with a couple of them Well, sisters When y'all drink You woke up with some people next to you too And I think anytime we have to use a substance Be it alcohol Be it liquor And I know I'm getting ready to jack up Somebody's uh, weekend right now Be it even money And rent money and gas money Anytime those substances Are the things that get your panties Or your drawers to hit the floor You need to really check yourself Because that is just so far left That is like straight lane The next one Is the ego boost Wow (laughs) There's a lot of truth in that one the reason why a lot of men cheat really is because they want the pat on the back from their boys. You know, if he would have just stayed home, he probably wouldn't have hooked up with your with that skeezer. Or, ladies, if you wouldn't stayed home, you wouldn't have hooked up with that loser. But you go out. You want to be validated. You want this person that represents all the success that you don't have. You want this person that is the armor-bearer of what you think is status. So because you don't have a Bentley and she's rolling in one and he's rolling in one, or because he can get into the VIP or she's in the VIP and you have to stay down on the bottom floor. What well, I'm here to tell you, I'm in the VIP. On the real, ain't nothing up there. Ain't Nothing but a bunch of people that snuck up there because one person had enough and the rest didn't. That ego boost that men get to, uh, you know, get from trying to take advantage of a broken woman. That's just sad. Well, hey, my producer's telling me that uh, we need to screen a caller. So just uh, FYI, keep listening, and we'll be right back in a second. Okay, Julia, go ahead and put that caller through. While we're waiting on that, I want you to make sure that you listen to the entire archive of this show. It's got a lot of information in it, and the heartbreak you say may be your own. Julia, do we have our caller? Okay, while we're waiting on that, I'm going to continue to go down to this list. The next thing, when your partner lets you, when you hear somebody tell you, that their partner is saying that, you know what, it's okay. We have an open relationship. Don't be quick to throw it away. It may be true, but what about the times that is not? Ask yourself, would you want someone doing that to you? Or uh, Maybe is that something that you really don't want being done? Maybe you've been on the other end of that stick, and the time that someone else made a comment, and that comment was, you know, I don't have anybody, I'm single, and you know that they lying, follow your instincts. Now, here's something I want you to really pay attention to, ladies. When a man does not own a relationship and passive conversation, now, what do I mean by that? If you're saying, well, you know we have a relationship, and the guy doesn't say, yeah, we do, you probably don't. If he hasn't sat down and, or both of you haven't sat down and established some boundaries and said, you know, this is really where I want this to go, uh, have you identified what label, if we're going to use a label, have we identified some rules, have we, identified, have we really identified situations or circumstances that give us an indication that both of you are on the same page because assumption is the mother of all deception? I have more people come to my office, especially those that don't have a ring on it yet, and they are heartbroken. They're in a state of dismay. And the first question that I ask the the lady or the man that's sitting in my office is, you know, did you ever define this thing? Did both of you ever agree that this relationship is just that, a relationship? And there's no reason to rush it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with dating someone. There's absolutely nothing wrong with taking your time. People aren't going anywhere. And to be honest... Contrary to popular opinion, men don't sleep around the way that you – not real men. I'm not going to say those whoremongers, but for every whoremonger, naturally, there's a whore to hook up with. But I'm talking about those of us, people like me and like you that's listening to this show right now. We're not always – I'm not out sleeping around, and, and you're not out sleeping around. So do you think it's just you and I that have the discipline and the love for self not to do that? Of course not. We are not the only ones. And and being honest, if you don't keep yourself open, when the right person does come along, now you've got yourself stuck in a relationship with God knows who, for God knows what reason, and now you've got to go and kick somebody to the curb that never should have been on the block to begin with, and you've got this baggage that's going to block and hold you back from getting what you deserve out of life, all because you could not wait on God to do his thing and you couldn't handle being alone with you. Well, I've got news for you. If you can't handle being alone with you, how the hell do you expect someone else to be alone with you? You know, great relationships are never formed when you have two incomplete people. All you have is just two incomplete people calling something, something that is really not, and you're going to end up with a hot mess on your hands, and that's what that's what happens when we go into things looking for external solutions for internal problems, meaning that we go into a relationship looking for someone else to solve it. We go into it looking for someone else to make us happy. Man, I'm here to tell you, it's not going to happen. And what really gets sick about this thing is we end up, Down the road Having inappropriate relationships Not with people But with things We end up shopping too much We end up drinking too much We end up smoking too much We end up going out Hanging out at the club And all of these things That we're doing Are not bringing us Closer to our goal If anything We're moving way Way, way, away from it Now here's another reason Another assumption Men cheat Because they're asserting Power and independence Well there's not too much truth in that either. Being honest, there's not power in the damn sure in independence when you are operating in a state of functional codependence. And that's what you do. When you find someone that will let you have your cake and eat it too, that's because they have a piece of pie somewhere else, so they already had dinner somewhere else. I don't know about you. But I don't want anybody's sloppy seconds. And when you find yourself, and and I'm saying this to men and women, when you find yourself that every time someone pulls you to the curb about your BS and they tell you, you know what, you you think you know everything or you don't listen when I talk to you, you don't have to go and be so suchy much, you know, acting like you all that. Because the truth be told, as long as you get an approval code, that is not a sign of power or independence. That's a sign that your dumbass has not spent your money up yet. What that really means is that you are running away from confrontation. And I'm not saying that you should let anyone legislate how you live your life or you should let someone talk to you like you're crazy or beat you down. But there is some truth in this fact. That iron sharpens iron. And if you're going to be equally yoked, the reason why, we, we get that term so twisted, we think that means that we both have the same credit score. And that's, that may be part of it, but not necessarily so. Being equally yoked means that when you go too far to the left, I'm connected to you in such a way that I keep you moving straight because I'm going to pull you back to the right. But when I go too far to the right, you'll pull me back to the left because the whole goal is to stay on track and directed with the eyes on the prize. Now, this next thing. These, I think these, what? yeah, these are the last two. And these last two common myths about why men uh, cheat are very, very accurate. The first one is people get tired of being mistreated. Um, As a relationship expert and a holistic life coach, I have so many now men come to me that are being abused, that are being taken advantage of, that are being mistreated. Sad part of that conversation, man, is that anybody being abused, whatever your gender, you could be in a same-sex relationship if you're getting abused, you know, you're being abused. And these – I have brothers come to me that and, – and ironically, what you probably won't believe is these men that are getting hit, dogged out, woman cheating on them, they're taking care of some other guy's kid or kids. They're paying the bills, and they're crying in the dark. And that's so sad and so true, but that, that being mistreated thing – Sooner or later, comes to an end. You know, I have many female clients. It's the same situation. They're just like, you know, Doc. I can't take it anymore. I mean, I don't even care if he goes out and sleeps with someone else, because I've had it. I've had it up to my neck. I just can't deal with his bullshit anymore. And that is so true. That you know, people are human, and you can't expect someone to be a doormat. So if you are really going to take responsibility in being with a man that you feel may be tipping out on you, I want you to ask yourself, have you been a contributor to that? And I know that 50% of you listening right now, of course you haven't, so that doesn't apply to you, but I'm talking to that other 50% right now. I'm talking to that woman that always has something to say about how stupid he is or that woman that's trying to be controlling or always threatening him and letting him know, You know what? Well, I don't need you for this. Okay, so what? The brother does make $20,000 less than you. Be glad he's got a job. You know, don't beat someone down when you need to bring them up. Because to be honest, you're going to reach a point in your life, and this is for men and women, you're going to reach a point where money is not going to be able to fix your problem. And then when you can't buy your way out of distress and brokenness and pain, then what are you going to do? The last one. Avoiding intimacy Wow Got to tell you the truth on that That applies to about 20% of men 20% of men are just commitment probes And the reason that they're cheating Is because it protects them from getting too close Now I'm not saying that's justifiable I'm not saying that's a valid excuse But hey, it is what it is And if you see somebody that's like that Here's how you handle that Uh, And again, this is really Being honest, ladies This is that good brother that really doesn't have enough self-esteem, and he's not self-actualized or self-aware enough to know that, you know, you don't have to roll it that way. You can can get a good deal out of life. Everyone's not out to hurt you, and that's just what you do. You know, I advise even my own daughters, I'm like, if you're going to go on a date with a guy, about every third date, pay for it. You know, don't always wait on him to pay because when people just – and, ladies, you think about this. If a man is always coming to your house, eating up your bacon, eating up your eggs, and sooner or later he doesn't even bring a box of cereal and a quart of milk, I mean, come on, baby girl, get a grip. Now you're getting played. And that's the same thing for men. Brothers, if you are always whining and dying this woman, what happens when you marry her and you, you need to pay your life bill? You know, what happens? What is, what is going on with you if you um, if you don't have what you're looking for in life? So what, what I want to hear, and if some of you guys are listening, because I know a lot of you guys like to sit back and just kind of peep what's going on in the show, but if you are listening, I want you to be able to uh, pick up the phone or hit on the chat room and call in and let us know exactly what you're thinking. Uh, this will give you an opportunity for us to address the things that you're concerned about and the things that you really want to hear. You can call us at 646-478-5610. Again, 646-478-5610. The game plan tonight is we're going to play the archive from the other show, but I just did not want to go and not um, not address some of these things live and give you a chance to call in and ask your questions and put your two cents into this conversation because I think uh, being emotionally and mentally bankrupt just is not a good thing. It's not a good thing for you. It's not a good thing for me, and it's doggone sure not a good thing for that the love of your life and your family. Now, one thing that uh, someone made a comment is, uh, a question they said I've heard it's in a man's biology To be with many women And monogamy is unnatural Well, let me just be honest about that That has been And and we're going to get to About three theories when I answer this <laughs> One theory is nurture Versus nature In other words, if people don't know better How in the hell can they do better? So if you haven't seen and you're upbringing, a stable role model, and you haven't seen an environment where people are really thinking things through, where, you know, I was talking to a dear friend of mine, she made the comment, she said, you know, uh, Yvonne, I just, I've never really dated a guy. All all my relationships have been the, basically the same. You know, they start out, there's this attraction, then there's this infatuation, then the sex is great, and then familiarity sets in, and then, you know, it's like you start noticing all the things that were ignored in conversations. Now, this is part two. Um, those things that ignored that being politically correct. Well, when he was called, uh, when he was acting an ass with the waitress at the restaurant, that was your sign right there that this wasn't to do for you. That was your sign right there that when you kept seeing him look at other women. Now, I'm going to give you a hint on this one, ladies, within this a little sub bar in here. When a man looks at another woman, don't discourage it. You look and see what he's looking at. Because if he's noticing, and and all men like different things. You know, me, I like a woman that's somewhat petite with curves or whatever. But if that's what this dude likes and you're not what he's looking at, boom, wake up. Dude, this ain't going to work. You know, you have to naturally possess. If he's always talking about how he likes brilliant and intelligent women and, you know, for a fact that you don't even want to finish getting your GED, boom, it ain't going to work. That's not a good match for you, another sign is if you know that you have a great relationship with God, that you are praying, and I'm not talking about some religious nut, but you really pray and know that God is in charge of your life, you know about the Holy Spirit, you know about these things, and you got a brother that doesn't even want to go to church, boo again, what did I just say? That ain't gonna work. We have to really expect more, not only. For ourselves, but from ourselves. And back to this question about uh, is it in? Is it just in a man to do it? No, it's not. You know, if nobody, and, and I just want you to think about it like this: if you scratched off a lottery ticket and it was just twenty dollars on that ticket, would you let it? Would you throw it away? Would you just you know drop it and act like you don't want it? Now that's just a twenty dollar lottery ticket. Or better yet, what about your credit card? or anything else, your car? Are you just going to let anybody take a ride in it? Of course you're not. Are you just going to let anybody have access to your credit card? No, you're not. So that's the same thing that holds true when you're looking at a man and his pathology. Real men that care about you, they care what you do. Now, let's draw a line because I know some fool is going to really try to pimp that one. That doesn't mean that this man has a right To tell you what to do. He does have a right to expect the best from you, but he doesn't have a right to tell you what to do. He doesn't have a right to police your activities, but you don't either. You have no business going through that dude's pockets or his phones. Neither does he you. Because if your relationship is already flaking out like that, let me just save you all the time. Run. You don't have a relationship. When people have to start legislating, you're coming and going, and when you have to start playing inspected gadget and I spy with people, maybe just maybe that's not the one for you now, taking this thing a step further the um here are the reasons why men say that they cheat, and then after that, Julia we will go to the archive, but I'm going to run through this real quick because people need to hear it. These are men's reasons for infidelity, so ladies. If any of the aforementioned stuff happens to, how did I say? Let me say this in one of my old country ways. If I throw a rock into a crowd, the dog it hits will holler. So if this rock hits you and you holler, hey, don't blame the messenger. First one, you're not getting any. That was the first number one thing men said. Ladies, give your man some sex. Give him some attention, and and I'm gonna give you uh, a caveat to go with that. Men need to be stroked, and I'm not talking about just their penis. You know, I'm talking about they need their to. Be, they need someone to encourage them. They need someone to take notice of the fact that you know what, I do matter. Uh, okay, maybe maybe I'm not making six figures a year, but I I got I go to my job every day and I'm on time and I haven't missed a Mr. day. You know be grateful for what he is and quit looking at what he isn't make sure that if you know don't go and and I've heard a lot of women say this so please y'all don't hate don't hate your boy but again don't kill the messenger cuz the message is real if you've had a baby or let's say you had 3 or 4 of them and he looks like he's currently pregnant with a baby <laughs> both of y'all take y'all behind to the gym You know, because it's not only is it about how you look, but you'll feel better, you will live longer, and you'll have more quality in your relationship. Because what i found is relationships where people work as a team, relationships where people share the mission, where both are committed, where people are really making it an effort to achieve something. I don't care if it is nothing but getting out in the yard and cutting the yard together. If you don't have a yard cleaning up the house together, or going and washing the car together. Those are things that make you share and have a sense of oneness and belonging, even in the struggles, because this ain't all about money. So if you can't go to the movie Saturday night, go Saturday in the afternoon when you can save a few bucks. If you can't get and go out and pay for that, uh, what is it, a $10 hot dog and a $6 drink now, Go to Costco. Go to Sam's. I mean, there are ways to do things because it is not about the quantity of money you spend. It's about the quality you got out of the money you spent, right? But give your man
0: some attention.
1: And, fellows, the same thing applies for you. Give that woman some attention. You know, I've learned something. And when I was writing Break Up, Don't Break Down, one of the things I did was I interviewed, you know, 100 men and 100 women, and then that wasn't enough. So I, the interview, I ended up interviewing roughly maybe about 700 men, 700 women, and I asked them, especially couples that had been together for years, you know, like, how did you make this thing work? You know, um, You know, this is how it works. You touch, just hold hands, get cozy with each other. You know, those are things that make a difference. Uh, I've got my producer. Shoot me a note. Julia, do we have a call on the line?
2: We do. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm here.
1: I really want to hear this. So she's, so take a deep <laughs> breath, because this sounds like you're going to throw the question at me rather than ask it. So deep breath. Now shoot me the question. How are you doing? Who am I talking to?
2: Um, my name is Pamela. And um, Hi, Pam. Hi. I want to say, first of all, that I really love your um, comments and your wisdom, and I look forward to it. I see you on Facebook quite a bit, so I just want to say thank you, you know, for sharing your wisdom and your spending your time with us to help us to get it, you know, get it right. My question is... Thank you. You're so welcome. I... I've been knowing this person for over 30 years, but um, he apparently, he's been married twice and um, I don't know him on the level of the intimacy because uh, we haven't, we're just starting, you know, getting to know each other. But in the process, he's been coming at me, wanting to have sex with me, but I keep turning him down. But
1: Let me
2: ask you yeah, a question.
1: Ask two is, questions, okay? Go ahead. Let me ask you a question real quick. Was he coming at you as a single man or was he coming at you while he was still involved with someone else?
2: that's the part I don't know because he is single, but I I since then um, have learned that there's someone else and he said that he's making a decision between the two of us. Mhm. So, um, he didn't put it quite like that, but he keeps asking me about anal sex, and he keeps putting that like as the priority, so to speak. That do I like the way, that? Wait, anal and sex
1: I, is his priority. Man, okay, let let me – I've got to just say this to you real quick because I can can see Julia giving me – I have this, like, really cool producer, you guys, and she keeps me grounded. So, you know, if if you ever hear me take, like, a pause, it's because I'm getting, like, a message from her to tell me, okay, quit being silly or something. But let me first say this to you. First of all, if you've known someone for – I don't care if it's five years or 35 years – you will know them 36 years if neither one of you dies. So the the amount of time that we've known someone really is kind of like irrelevant on one level, and I'm going to tell you why. The first thing is people evolve over time. So, Pamela, you're not the person you were two years ago, are you?
0: Absolutely.
1: And he isn't either So the fact that we have a caveat that says I've known you for so long That that really has no value Uh, Second (laughs) thing is If the man is talking about you know, want to have anal sex? There's nothing wrong with anal sex. You know, because whatever floats your boat. Uh, just make sure that you use protection. Educate yourself on what you're doing. Make sure that you know exactly, you know, what's up. If you and know your status is another thing. You know, before you go into something, because if this dude really likes anal sex, well, you know, you might want to say, well, bro, uh, when is last time you had your status check? Because if brothers like doing that without a condom or uh, they've been doing that while they've been incarcerated, and now they want to kind of like uh, go from being penitentiary, gay, or whatever. Uh, that might not be in your better interest, but here's what I'm going to say. Before you ever let someone share your body, make sure they've shared their mind with you. Make sure Absolutely. that if he is so caught up, uh, you know, on, you know, they, because I'm going to tell you what anal sex really represents. It really represents man's desire to dominate a woman and yeah. it represents a wow. desire to say that you know what, I've got from you what no one else can have, or I've got from you what you know, no you can't be this submissive to someone other than me. When I'm mean, here's the wake up call, first of all, brothers, one out of two women like anal sex, especially those that have tried it and know how to do it right. Second thing is, I don't care what kind of sex you're having. You could be dr- dressing up like uh, playing crotch puppet, or you could be he could tell you, I'm going to dress up like <laughs> a piece of chicken, and you pluck me, and you're going to dress up like Crown Sanders, and we're going to roll in 11 herbs and spices. It does not matter how you go about intimacy, because if there's no transparency, you don't really have intimacy. Right. If there is no sincere authenticity, You don't have intimacy. So my suggestion with you to this guy, say, you know what, the sex thing, you know, you don't know what I may or may not be receptive to, but what I am receptive to, baby boy, is I need to know a little bit more about you. What are your plans for the next two to three years of your life, and how do you plan to get there? Why did your last two relationships end? And if you see someone that cannot own their mistakes and things, And I'm not saying you're going to hold it against them, but -hmm. if they can't even own their own mistakes, I mean, you know, maybe that's not to do. Or if all he does is when you ask this question, if he freezes up, well, anybody can freak with you, but can't nobody build with you and can't nobody grow in love with you unless they're on the same page. That's so
2: good.
1: But, hey, I appreciate that, Pam. that's good stuff. And don't get that fool nothing until you talk to him.
2: I love it. Thank you. That's confirmation. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. Do we have another caller? If you do want to get in on this and you want to ask a question, call us at 646-478-5610. Again, that's 646-478-5610. And I'm going to keep going down my list while you guys uh, call in. Uh, You can log in with Facebook on blogtalkradio.com. And uh, if you don't want to use your name, just tell uh, my producer, Julia, and I love you, Julia, uh, just tell my producer, uh, I don't want to give my name, and she'll just say, you know, we have a caller that wants to remain anonymous, and we can talk about this thing, okay? Now, here's number five. Why men said that men cheat was she cheated on me. Now, that is, in some ways, you know, you can kind of wrap your head around it, but what what kills me with this one, and why I think that's kind of like bull, that's like someone saying, well, uh, when I was sleeping with someone else, I did it because of what you did to me. I have never seen a man or a woman have sex with someone else while they're thinking about you. Now, they may, may have already started having sex with someone else and have their imagination go somewhere because you're boring the hell out of them or something. But most of the time, <coughs> the excuse that someone has cheated on me, someone has hurt me, someone has dogged me out, and that's why I'm doing it, uh, that, you know, that, that's not really a good housekeeping for you mentally or emotionally. Now, I remember when uh, we were doing a beta run for the show, and I, it was funny. You know, we were just checking, checking sound and lighting and doing this thing, and um, there was some young women that were in the store. And I said, I'd like for you guys to come over. Do you mind coming over and let's talk for a moment? And it came over. Conversation started. And one sister did not want, she was cheating on this guy for no reason. Just, you know, she was like, well, I, I got one guy I like, but I'm, I'm sleeping with two or three other guys. And, you know, but the one I like, and I was like, well, babe, how in the hell are you going to ever get in a relationship because you are never single? And this applies to men and women, so I'm not, a, this isn't a gender issue uh, or a gay straight issue, but just keeping it real. How can you be in a relationship if you're never single? How can you get to know someone if you're getting to know all these people? And I'm not saying that if you're just dating, at least tell people, you know, just be honest and say, you know what, I'm really not feeling this commitment thing right now. I really do like you. Let's get to know each other better. and no telling to know where this thing may go from here. You know, and if someone tells you that, don't pressure them to try to get one-on-one. Don't rush it because, to be honest, that person is the one you can really take serious because if they are up front enough to tell you, I don't want to commit now, they will be up front enough to tell you when they do want to commit. Now, there's also this thing that I get asked about how long, how much time do I give a guy before – He makes a commitment to me. I'm going to just tell you this. There is no cookie-cutter answer for that. You know, there are certain people that will date you for five years, like I'll give you a good one. Uh, Lala and Carmelo Anthony, they dated for six years, had a baby. They're happily married. You know, I also have a very, very close friend of mine out in uh, in Arizona. He and his girl have been together like 20-something years. They have a house. He's retiring You know, she just got a doctorate, and, I mean, they're happy. So if it ain't broke, folks, don't fix it, because I'm here to tell you, uh, most women and some men, too, they think by having a wedding, that's going to make everything right. Well, I'm not trying to get into the spiritual side of that, because to each his own on on that. I just think if you love the Lord, that's your business, and I do. But I'm going to suggest this to you. Don't go and get married thinking it's going to fix your relationship. It ain't. It's not. That piece of paper is only as good as the two people's names that's on it. So if you have a great relationship with someone, it's functional, it works. You guys may or may not have had a baby or have children or even the kids that either of you has with somebody else. You've been the person that's been there man enough or woman enough, you know, helping provide the masculine or the feminine energy to that uh, relationship. Man, be grateful you got somebody that loves you for everything you're not, because you know that's a hard that's a hard proposition. So don't rush it. Take your time. Now let's go to this next one, number four. You want to know you still got it? I don't know what. I'm in a fraternity. I'm in 100 Black Men. I'm in a whole lot of junk. I don't know too many brothers that just want to know if they still got it. I know some brothers that look at a chick that they have. Men love body parts, ladies, in case y'all didn't know that. We love hair. We love lines. Some brothers love toes. I still don't understand sucking so nobody's feet, but I need more power to you. Um, but bottom line is most men love body parts. And what we are really doing, we don't want to know if we still got it. We want to know if we can still validate ourselves. And that validation comes from us getting what we believe or what we identify as sexy or what we identify is attractive. And, that, you know, when you see a man that's operating like that, that's just a brother that there's nothing you could do to make him faithful. I mean, being honest, and, and this goes back to another page in the in the book that I tell you, you guys really need to order Break Up, Don't Break Down. If you are having relationship issues and you're trying to get some fool's clothes hanging out from hanging up in the closet of your mind, that book can help you just move on. Uh, but, and, but the truth of it is, is that when you see that thing or, the, or a man cheating because he just, you know, he's prone to do it. It's, I need you to make sure that you have looked at what he's looking at. And I'm going to tell you a good way to do this, ladies. Take your man and suggest y'all go to a club, suggest that he go to a swim park or, you know, anywhere where there is a, a, a crowd of people. And just don't. And I'm not saying play games. I am not telling you play games because love is the only game you can play and both people lose, so do not play games. But you need to observe and look at what he likes. Listen to the comments he makes or ask him, you know, uh, if while looking at TV, because most men are not going to tell you that they think this woman is beautiful, so don't go and do something silly like, do you think so-and-so is pretty? Do you like her body? Because we're going to lie to you. I swear to God, most men are going to lie to you. And the few that say, yeah, most women get pissed, so don't do that. But start looking at what he's looking at. Pay attention to what he likes. And, again, if you if he's looking at a uh, a big girl and you a little skinny stick, this man likes big girls. Yeah, and unless you plan to go gain 150 pounds, I'm sorry, but he ain't going to look at you. If you know you don't have no booty, It's a man out there that does not care about that. He likes hands, hair, elbows. But if your man likes butt, you don't have one, boo, look, he's going to cheat you more at that. The odds of him cheating on you are high as hell, okay? So just make sure that whatever it is he likes, you're working with it. Number three, it says he couldn't say no. Now, that's a deep one. Uh, A lot of men just don't have discipline. And when men don't have discipline, it's out the window. You know, it, it is totally out the window. You can't change that dude. You can't make him grow up. And here's how you can tell you got that idiot. He goes to the club all the time. He's 50, 40 years old, 35, 30 years old, and still trying to run around with his frat brothers all the time like he's still pledging. He He has a jersey for every game. And I'm not saying guys that just like football, but I'm talking about immaturity. You can spot these signs. If you see that you're dating a 35 or a 45 year old man that wants the newies and Nikes that came out, you need to kick his ass to the curb. It is something real, 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 real wrong with that brother. Or, the, or if you see a guy that uh, is telling you bullshit like, well, I fell asleep in my boy house. No, we don't. We don't. You know, I don't know about you, but unless you're dating a down low brother a bisexual man, uh, we'll go check into a hotel room. That's believable. Uh, we may sleep in the car, but if we fall asleep at our boy house again, you might want to start seeing if his boy is wearing some Mac makeup and some panties, all right? Uh, the next one. Let's go to this thing because we're getting down to the last one, last two. Now, these two are so very real, so very real. Uh, if you guys have a call, Now is the time to call in because I'm getting ready to go to the archive on the show after I give you these two things. And if you need that number, again, it's 646-478-5610, repeating 646-478-5610. Now, back to these last two. Number one, the woman is not attractive. She disgusts me. Now, you know, I hate to say this. And, again, sisters, don't kill the messenger. But when it gets to a place where you've given, like, a man two or three kids, your body's changed from giving birth, from, you know, gaining weight, what have you, I'm going to at one point say to you, baby girl, you don't need – you need to love yourself enough. So next time he wants to go get a new truck, next time you want to go and spend $150, $300 a month on some weed – it might be time to go get a lipo tuck or a tummy tuck. It might be time to, you know, get some liposuction because you got to love you, sister. If you don't love you, nobody else is going to love you, and people are going to love you just like you love you. That's number one. That's foremost. Second thing, and I'm going to say this to men and women because we've got to hit both sides on this thing. Nobody wants to be intimate with you and you haven't gone and taken a bath and set in the bubbles, and brothers, especially you, you've been out there working all day, sweating and got all that hair everywhere. Dude, go take a shower, man. No no woman wants to do nothing to you except a whore or a prostitute and, and to try to survive not gagging because you are musty. And, ladies, this is especially true for you, especially true for you. When you go to the restroom, Make sure that you, you know, groom your stuff, you know, get that hair off of there, trim it, you know, and I'm not just talking about under your arms, you know what I mean. Make sure that you have lands, done your landscaping. Make sure that, and and I'm going to say this as a clinician, I am Dr. Young, so if I offend someone, get over it and grow up, this show is for adults. Take your finger, put it in your vagina at least to the second section of your middle finger. Preferably to the third, take it out and smell it, because men are not going to tell you you have an odor. And if they do, you need to thank him. Don't get mad at it, <laughs> because a lot, a lot of men will just go somewhere else. They're not going to tell a woman, you know, babe, you you got a hygiene issue. Make sure that you keep your body together. Not only for him, ladies, but that could be a sign that you have some other stuff going on and you need to take care of your bajajay. You need to make sure that you take care of what's down under because it will put you six feet under if you don't, you know. So make sure you take care of yourself. The other thing is whatever you've got to work with, work with that. If you don't have no butt, don't be running around with no thong out trying to act like you uh somebody. You know, if your breasts are what's nice, show them. If your legs are nice, show them But every woman that I've ever met has something beautiful about her. Every woman. I don't care if you're a big girl, if you're a skinny girl, if you're not needed, if you're tall, if you're short, if you're white, if you're black, all that is irrelevant. There is something beautiful about you and extenuate it. You know, what I I want you to do, and, and here's a good way to do that tell ask some of your girlfriends, and I'm not talking about them or raid helpers you hang out with. I mean your real girlfriends. Ask them, hey, baby girl, what do what's, what's not really cool about me? And don't get your feeling hurt because if someone tells you everything about you is cool, boo, they lying. Everything about you is not cool. Everything about me is not cool. Everything about anybody is not cool. But stop it, just be honest. If you know that, you know, your gut is hanging over, you know, a little bit more than it needs to be, wear something that covers that up and shows your legs and shows those pretty calves or, you know, whatever it is you're working with. If your hair is your calling card, use that. If you don't have any hair, you know, make sure that whatever God gave you, girlfriend, you need to work that. And and if the guy that you have doesn't appreciate it, screw him. Somebody will There is somebody Out there for everybody And one person's trash Is another person's treasure Now Here's the number one reason I wish I had a drum roll But we won't be that corny Why men cheat And this is from men This isn't no damn survey This isn't uh, it always tickles the hell out of me When I read like Cosmo or Essence And in Essence they going to tell you why men cheat You know, don't believe that crap You need to talk to men, okay I'm a man, trust me, I've done the research The number one is I just don't love it anymore Can you believe that? I just uh, Or I'm going to slash this Or I never did And, and here's, how, here's what that means You know Men will date you. They will sleep with you. They will do all sorts of freaky stuff to you and let you do it to them. Sisters, that does not mean that a man loves you. What that means is his ass was horny. What that means is you know how to put it down where he wants to come back for more. That doesn't mean he loves you. You know, there's some women out there, and, and again, this is an adult show, so I'm just going to say it, that give great head. Well, if you happen to give great head, I promise you, dudes are going to come back. I promise you that. Now, will they? Will you be the one he's going to take home to mama? Probably not, more than likely not. You know, there are women that have no problem freaking you, and they can put it down. You know, they can take a man that, and, that can't get an erection and have him just looking like a telephone pole but does that mean he's going to love you? Does that mean he wants you? Probably not. Now, here's some signs that you and a dude need to just call it quits. The first one, if you don't broke up with this fool once or twice before and moved him back in your house, have you lost your damn mind? God got this fool out your life. Why would you drink, drag him back in? You know, in the second chapter of Break Up, Don't Break Down, I started out talking about and it's a true story. I was at this funeral once, and this funeral lasted so damn long, I swear to Jesus, I wanted to take the man outside and bury him myself. I mean, that it, was just, it, it shouldn't take that long to bury nobody. And, I, and I'm sitting here looking at some of these relationships that come in my office, and the sister tell me, well, you know, he broke up and he cussed out the baby. Well, if you're dating a guy that tells a two-year-old, you little MF or cusses at your at a seven or eight year old kid, you probably got the wrong man in your life and you are an idiot for keeping him there, okay? If you've got a man
0: that calls you
1: all sorts of bitches and hoes and and treats and mistreats you, you got the wrong dude. That's probably a sign that he don't love you no more. Or he never has loved you. If you got a guy that will do more for his friends than what he will do for you. If you've got a guy that will chase everything from a dollar bill to uh, uh, his favorite sandwich, but he won't chase you,
0: you've got the wrong dude.
1: Now is the time that you make a point in your life to quit settling for less. Mediocrity is the worst of the best and the best of the worst.
0: Why would you want
1: that? I mean, I understand that that box of wine and that cheap weed you're smoking may make you not think straight sometimes. I understand for some of y'all that y'all don't went to talk to Brother Callum and Sister Walla Miller and Prophetess, so-and-so. You're going to be looking for Prophetess, so-and-so, and Brother Callum and Sister Walla Miller and kick uh, him and they behind when you go and actually bleed this mess. They told you, talk to God direct. You don't need a middleman. Matter of fact, some things you don't even have to talk to God about because he gave you a brain. Common sense should tell you that if you keep calling somebody and they don't answer the phone until it's the first or the 15th, and this is for men and women, they don't answer the phone, and then when they do, they need 20 or $30? You know, they need some help with some rent. They need some gas. They just want to, you know, they want your drawers on the floor. you on your knees. I mean, that's it. Come on. Are you crazy? Ask yourself, am I a damn fool? If the answer to that question is, yes, I am a damn fool, you and I really do need to talk. If you really are so crazy that you really need someone to help, please call me. My rates, they cost money, but you get what you pay for. Now, the last thing, and we're going to the archive of last week's show, stop settling for less than you deserve. Life is too short and death is too damn long for that. There is God has a plan. You know, you were an idea in God's imagination, and that idea was so wonderful that he made it come to manifestation and named it you. Anything that God has ever envisioned, he made provision for. And if he envisioned you and brought you into manifestation, he's made provision He's made provision for someone to love you and for someone to love you for everything you are not, just like they're going to love you for everything you are. Anyway, with that said, if you want to go to the website and see me for coaching or get some books, go to www.devonyoung.com. That's D spelled like Ivan, dot gcom Of course, you can hit me on Facebook. It's just D space, I-V-A-N space, W O U N G, No underscores, just the spaces. And last but not least, Julia, do you have anything for me?
3: Nope. I think you pretty much covered it from top to bottom. People need to uh, go home and think for a little bit. (laughs) That's what
0: I'm
2: about to do.
1: Yes, think. Well, hey, I love you, love you, America, love you, Jay, love you, Deborah, and you guys check this archive out, and we will see you next week at 7.30 on Sunday. Have a wonderful weekend, a safe holiday. Later. Put that archive on. Got
3: it. Love Talk Radio.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Dave von Young, and welcome to the show tonight. We have a subject that is uh, to put it mildly, very, very interesting. One of the questions I get asked most often is, why do men cheat?" Well there are lots of uh, lots of different suppositions to that question. I'm going to give you a few of them. The first one is, people think men are bored. They feel that after the initial honeymoon period wears off, it can be tough for a man to keep the spark alive in a relationship. But the reality is uh, inevitable that he is sooner or later going to cheat. Another myth is men don't have the courage to be respectful and exit a relationship when they know that it's ended. So they just are doing things hoping to get caught. And if they keep doing this, they either will get caught or get dumped. So it basically keeps them from having to own up or presumably end up getting, quote, unquote, dumped. Either way, it's a win-win for the cheater, and they think that's a solution. Another myth, it's all about the revenge. This is believed to be an an eye-for-an-eye tactic, and its favorite is an excuse, but often it's not an excuse. If anything, it's not about revenge because I've never seen anyone when they're getting in or out of a relationship use cheating as a method to do so. Then the next thing, men are just stupid. We do risk-taking behaviors because we're just guys, which that's not true either. Men are not stupid. As a matter of fact, most men are anything but, so anything that a man does and makes an excuse for it is just that it's an excuse. It's not a risk-taking behavior. It's something that he knows is wrong, and he's doing what he wants to do. And then there's the age-old excuse, I was drunk. I don't remember. It wasn't me. She took advantage of me. And we all know that that's not true. But for some strange reason, in the courtroom, this actually stands up as a defense. As a matter of fact, many divorce courts, being intoxicated is enough to get a case swayed back into the favor of the plaintiff, especially if it's the guy that's trying to get the uh, the divorce. Now, the next one is the ego boost. Well, have to admit, men are often considered to be egotistical, and men like to feel wanted and attracted by women, But when the sex dwindles, are egos really, really involved when they're dented? I think not. But for some men and immature men, it can be an ego boost. The next thing, your partner lets you. Now, believe it or not, we live in a time where relationships are, shall we just say, a little bit crazy. (laughs) So when we get in an open relationship, what appears to be cheating, is often a situation where someone has not had a discussion. No one has talked about um, the boundaries or the rules for a relationship. So when it is assumed that this guy is cheating, is he really cheating or is it that the two of you just really failed to get a good understanding about what is and is not the structure of your relationship or what is and is not a boundary or what is and is not appropriate behavior? Because most men don't put titles on relationships not because they fear commitment or not because they don't want you. They simply just don't put a title on a relationship because they don't want to rush into it. And rather than communicating the fact that, you know, I really don't want to rush into this thing. I want to take my time. We end up finding situations where people's feelings are hurt. There's a lot of brokenness. Things have gone down and things are taking place that basically are the uh, fruit or the fallout from not having a good conversation. Another myth, the asserting power and independence. You know, as you grow together, it's common for a relationship to lose a sense of who who is in control or for either party to lose a sense of who they are. Well, while out doing whatever, it could be anything from drinking to crocheting, the art of cheating comes into play. And typically when this happens, especially with men, it's because they want to reassert independence or prove to someone, even maybe even themselves, that I haven't gone overboard, but I am still in control. The other myth, men cheat because they're being mistreated. Uh, I'm going to go fifty-fifty on that one. Feeling trapped in a bad relationship isn't healthy for anyone, but I don't believe that if people don't get the love and respect they crave at home, it's an excuse for cheating. But I have to admit, it is, it makes sense, especially to the victim or the person that feels victimized, that, you know what, you don't appreciate me, you don't care about me, I'm going to get you back. And sometimes it's not even getting you back. Men are just wanting validation. They are wanting attention. And after all, ladies, pay very big attention to this next statement. All men have a little boy on the inside that either is trying to get out or he's he may be shaving, but he's really a little boy and the little boy is out and you just didn't notice it. When you see men that have to run with a group of guys, when you see men that still have an inappropriate, and I'm not saying that a guy shouldn't love his mother because if he does, that may be a good sign that he's going to take care of you if he takes care of mom. But when that attachment is inappropriate, that's when we have to ask the question, is this guy over uh, overly attached in an unhealthy way to his mom? And then the one or the other, and this is probably one of the more true Uh, Well, one of the myths that has more truth in fact attached to it is the guy that cannot commit is avoiding intimacy. While infidelity can easily stem from a need for intimacy, it can also be the result for a need to keep away from it, too. And it's a way for a guy that's a commitment folk to remain detached. Now, those are some of the reasons why people assume that men cheat. But after talking to guys, after sitting around and having conversations everywhere from the bar to the barbershop to the fraternities and men's organizations that I'm a part of, let me give you the main reasons why men actually find themselves in relationships and doing what, quote, unquote, we consider to be cheating. And these are the reasons, ladies, that men told me, bro, This is why I do what I do. Well, the first thing is this. What women feel is cheating for a man to a man isn't cheating. And I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to defend men for this. So, guys, please don't write me a bunch of letters and ladies don't turn against me. But the truth of it is, is it's a lack of definition. There is a lack of structure and relationships. There is a lack of of understanding between couples, and more than anything else, there's a lack of self-awareness. And typically that lack of self-awareness is nobody's fault because when people don't know better, can you really expect them to do better? No, of course you can't. Now, get ready. You might want to pull the pen out because a lot of these reasons why men, quote-unquote, are considered cheaters or cheating is something that you as his girlfriend potential significant other or his mate can probably do something about. The I, I guess we should probably take this thing from the uh most from the most significant reason and then we'll work our way backwards, okay? So here's the things that you need to be on guard for and this for guys this is stuff that I think you need to own and for ladies These are things that you really might want to pay attention to because the heartbreak you say may be y'all. Here's number one. Men say, I don't love her anymore. Now, that's a funny exercise if you're single, and it's a funny excuse. But go find uh, a situation where you see a man and a woman together, and ladies, pay particular attention to everything I'm going to give you. When either of you looks more forward to leaving home than you do coming home, that's the first sign. The second sign is the communication is faulty at best. Um, Neither of you really has anything in common to talk about. Neither of you really wants to talk. You can find the hints that you have a serious issue in your relationship when neither of you values the other's day, when neither of you really takes the time to ask the questions, you know, what's going on with you? And and some signs here are a lack of intimacy. Now, I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy, but even though that's part of it, but here's one huge component to this, the lack of intimacy and sharing hopes and dreams. The times that surface where you really don't want to talk about how your day went, when he just shrugs you off, or you shrug him off, when you don't take the time to do the things that you did initially initially, because there's that old saying that what you did to get him, that's what you're going to have to do to keep him. And that is so true. So when you find that man in your life not doing the things that he did to get you and you're not doing the things you did to keep his attention, that's a serious sign that maybe the love is not there anymore and at least the feelings. Now, let me separate some of this. For some of you, those of you that have been in relationships that have lasted, you know, let's say 5, 10, even 15 or 20 years, relationships do go through seasons. You are not going to have that initial attachment that you once had. It's going to require work the priorities change, the circumstances that are affecting your life and, and your mate's life change. So what we have to be very, very cautious about is paying attention to these seasonal changes that take place in life. You're going to find yourself in situations where you had a baby, now you're taking care of the parents. or And especially for those of you that married someone that is 10 or more years older or younger than you. You're going to be on different pages during these different seasons. A man's sexual peak for some men never goes away, and especially for uh, men that you found or when you met him had a high sex drive and now all of a sudden you're noticing, you know what, he's not attracted to me. He's not really paying attention to me. Well, generally, it's not the sex that's the problem. What is the problem is you guys have lost sight of what it is that really brought you together. You don't have that movie night anymore. You're not having date nights anymore. You know, the times that you were wearing uh, lingerie to bed, now you have on uh, some drawers with ducks on them, or or he's just not even bothering to take a shower and just jumping in the bed. Well, let's be honest. Who in the hell wants to be next to someone that needs to go take a bath? Or who wants to be with someone that hasn't done proper landscaping in certain areas? And, ladies, again, don't write me letters, but I'm trying to help. Look at the other thing, that when this happens where we start saying, well, if he doesn't love me anymore, what can I do? What can I do to this guy to replace these lost feelings, and especially for those of you that really want to work this out and prevent your spouse from going to bed with somebody new. Well, I'm going to tell you, here's the first thing, (laughs) or let's say, in this case, here's the second thing. What most men said when they made the comment, I don't love her anymore, they actually said, and this sounds so cruel, but I've got to be real to help you, it says, she disgusts me. Now, in long-term relationships, both men and women tend to let themselves go. If you don't believe me, go pull out that family uh, album of yours and look at some of your old pictures. Honestly, do either of you look the way you used to? If the answer to that question is no, that means that part of the problem is something that you can probably do something about. Now, I know there's a double standard there. Men tend to look like they've had a few babies themselves, and some of the men that I know currently look like they may be expecting one. But the truth is it's a lot easier, especially in culture, despite all of our advances in Western culture, for a man that looks like Jabba the Hutt to run out, especially if he has resources or even charisma and to go out and get a woman that you look at he him and you look at her and you go, damn, those two things don't match. And it is, ladies, very unfair that there is a huge discrepancy in men because men are very visual. And when a woman has gained a significant amount of weight or something that I've also found is that sometimes the woman has become depressed or is um, acting out of that depression, and next thing you see, what happens when we stop having a relationship with other people? We have a relationship with things. So if you found yourself, ladies, having a relationship with liquor or with food or with shopping or for some reason you just can't seem to get your stuff together, then there is this hidden, latent anger, this, um, this conversation that flies straight south because now this man is starting to find himself not only unattracted to you, but there's some disgust. And the sad part is men seldom will say it, and when they do say it, it's often too little too late. Now, here's the problem with it is over time we get comfortable. You get comfortable, and I'm saying men and women, with your body image, with your presentation, and you don't even notice that these things are happening over time. You know, uh, I've seen some men that they have actually said to me, you know what, I can't take this anymore. Her elastic in her underwear has worn out, and she's still trying to wear panties that won't even stay up on her. Or in the same uh, niche, The guy was coming home, there was a sex life, and now men, and and I'm not saying all men, but many men don't understand what it really takes for a woman to be both wife, mother, to go and work eight to ten hours on a job every day, not to mention the time you spend commuting. So part of this problem is the man is naturally being insensitive and probably being somewhat selfish and, and in the worst case scenario, narcissistic. But, ladies, you've got to take responsibility yourself. Stop and think about it. You are making his fat ass a sandwich and bringing him another beer. Have you ever said to this guy, you know what, let's go to dinner? And I'm not saying in a nagging way, because if you approach someone in a negative, nagging way, what do you expect to get back from them? Because what you put out is going to be a reflection of what you get back. Now the the next thing that I want to point out and and I'm going to have someone join me uh on the show in a few minutes. He's a friend of mine that did a movie called Diary of a Tired Black Man and this is not going to just apply to African American men, but it's going to apply to men in general. But the the other issue is have you accepted mediocrity? Has the um the best of the worst and the worst of the best become a part of your day-to-day operation? Have you told this man that you don't understand him anymore? Have you told him that you don't care anymore? Have you told him that, you know what, I'm tired of you coming in the house smelling like you just got through riding a horse? Are you tired of not doing the things that you used to do when we first met? Because if you don't tell a man that, how do you expect him to know? Men are not mind readers. And again, ladies, I'm not getting on you, I'm not trying to sit here and make it seem like. It is okay for a guy to treat you however he treats you because it is not okay for a man to treat you that way. It's not okay for a man to take you for granted. It's not okay for you to be a slave or an indentured servant to this dude. But you have to take responsibility. Are you part of the problem or are you part of your own solution? Now, let's go a little bit further. The next thing is when you see that this cry for love has turned into a cry of despair? Have you ignored it? Have you gone and just put your whole life and thrown it into the kids? Have you taken everything that really mattered to you and sold it out just trying to make him happy? Because here's here's the reality. If you are waiting on some men to take and take advantage of uh, an opportunity to love you more, to give you what you fully deserve, how can you expect a guy to do better when he really doesn't know better? Now, before I go any further, because I'm going to say these last three things, I've got Tim Alexander on the line. And let me, me, before I bring Tim in, uh, I just want to give you a bit of a background on this. Years ago, uh, I met Tim. He was shooting this film called Diary of a Tired Black Man. And when he was shooting this uh it's kind of like a movie mixed with a documentary i was uh i remember i was in pre-med. I was still at u of h and one of the things that was being discussed in this uh very good movie and i really suggest that you see it it's called Diary of a Tired Black Man. You can rent it you can look at it live uh from Netflix and things like that but one of the uh, several of his points in this movie, and i'm going to let Tim talk about these points was that men often don't get a fair shake when it comes to what women expect from a man. But men will become punished and even victimized when they get tired. And when they do get tired, at the end of the day, a man that is absent in a house, or as they say, wherever the head goes, the tail follows, well, when that man's head is up his butt, so is the relationship. With that said, hey, Tim, are you on the line, dude? Yes, I am. Hey, how are you doing tonight, bro? Doing great. And you? I'm fantastic. Would you mind just bringing everyone up to par about the premise and what got you to create this movie and this documentary called Diary of a Tired Black Man?
4: Well, it had to be made. Uh, men have been Oprah, they've been Essence Magazine, they've been Medea, they've been waiting to exhale on, but they never answered. And what women need to realize is that good men go through the exact same thing that good women go through. And everything is shown from the woman's perspective of what a victim she is. But when you get a man who's doing everything he should do, he's not had a voice until this point. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, let me ask you this. You just made a serious comment. You said men go through everything that women go through. But the, the problem is women communicate. I mean, wh- that's why they outlive us. They communicate with each other. Ninety uh, percent of daytime programming is dedicated toward women, and seldom are men doing anything but getting beat up on by Dr. Phil or somebody like Steve Harvey is trying to make sure his ratings stay up, so he's not going to really talk to, from a male perspective. Right now, I'm going to ask you, say what it is that
4: men don't say. What men don't say is they usually don't communicate because it's not macho. And if you really try to communicate, um, it just becomes an argument. And men usually don't like to argue. Also, today, most men are raised by a single mother. And one of two things happens. If a man is raised by a single mother, the only way she can discipline him after he becomes a teenager, you know, of about 13, 14, 15, if he has to allow her to, because he's then effectively stronger than her. If he allows her to, she has effectively emasculated him, and he cowers down to the voice of a woman, and he doesn't learn how to snap out of that. Because the balance in the home of a man being the master disciplinarian when he gets rough is no longer there. So he has to hear the screams and the, and the nags of a woman, and it, it, it messes up something about his psyche. Like in the uh, Orthodox Jewish faith, once a boy has his bar mitzvah as a young teenager, the mother can no longer discipline him because he is a man. He is only supposed to hear the voice of a man for discipline because it sets his gender values correctly. Uh, if the mother cannot control him and emasculate him, then he pushes past her and he goes out in the streets to try to find his manhood with other fatherless boys that don't have a quilt, And then he usually goes the wrong way and turns into a thug. Uh, So, so often the effects of the ones who do get emasculated is they become very soft around the edges, they become very uh, 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 malleable, and they get pushed around by women because they're they're kind of weak. And they're always thinking about what would please my mother instead of what does a man do. When a man is raised by a good father, his values are set on how a man handles himself as a man relative to a woman in a situation. Without that he just doesn't know. And a bad let me ask example, you this.
1: A, wait, Tim, let me just ask a quick question, not cutting you off, but I do I have to ask you this. There's a statement that I use uh when I'm working with young males, and it's what they see they will be. So going back to where you said men and single moms, in America now there is a over a fifty five percent breakup rate. I'm not gonna say divorce rate, but I'm just gonna say what the census Counts. And we're not even going to count the stuff that's not measured by the senses like people that were never married, that were cohabitating and then, you know, they get apart. Do you think, do you think women are creating a problem and how they raise their sons for another woman to deal with when they end up with the guy that was
4: raised by a single mom? Absolutely. And we do have to look at everything. Actually, in some of our urban areas, we have as much as 90% of the children in the home without their biological father. Because we have a 76% out of, out of birth, uh, out of wedlock birth rate. And we have a nearing 60% divorce rate. And by the time these kids are 18, that doesn't leave many fathers at home. So that is a big problem. And what's happening is anytime you have children growing up in a house and there's four different children and every one of them has a different last name and mom has never changed her last name one time through marriage, there's a problem. And these kids are not getting the advantage of seeing how a family structure is supposed to work. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment. This one kid's father comes around. The other three don't very often. Two don't know their father at all. It's an imbalance. And then the mother's frustrated because she's got these two, three, four no-good baby daddies, and she's always angry, and her anger gets pushed into her children. Anytime a child can recite to their father that you never paid my mother the child support, that's a problem. That's not supposed to be in the child, you know, uh, uh, that's not shouldn't be a part of their upbringing. Your opinion about how no good their father is and you pick to lay down with. And so we have to realize it just... uh
1: No, i just got to ask this question um, because it's very seldom that I can talk to a guy that actually made a movie and a successful documentary about why men do what they do and take the options they do. Um, When men are being, quote, unquote, uh, disloyal or they're cheating, do you think the reason why the man is cheating is because he was never in the relationship to start with or – do you think that there's certain things that women do that cause a man to uh, kind of just stay there and get the milk free or eat the cake, but they don't want to buy the bakery and they don't want to buy the cow? What is it that you think women do that contribute to a man not committing and more than anything else to him staying there when really he has one foot in and
4: one foot out? Oh, it's such a myriad of things. Um, the media has a lot to do with it. Uh, not having the good example of a good role model because he's seen his mother be abused and cheated on by so many men. It's just like an abused child who's molested. They don't like being molested, but they grow up and they molest other children because it's what they know. So often they've seen their mother being pushed around by different men, and even though they didn't like to see it, they don't have any other concept of how to be a man. And we also have to realize that a boy cannot model his manhood after his mother. And if his mother was highly active with a lot of different men in her life, then he sees life as, you know, just a a number of conquests and short-lived relationships. Um, Quite often we have women who try to emasculate their own men because they saw their mothers doing it to their brothers and doing it to their men. And a lot of times when a man cheats, it's not always because he doesn't love the woman wants to play games. I know men, and I don't agree with that at all, I know men who have completely separate lives from their wives, and they love their wives, they take care of home, they do everything they're supposed to do, but they go to that other woman because she gives them peace. All she does is is make them relax and make them food and and give them all the sex they want, and they're like, I wish I could get that at home. And they can't. And, you know, there's a song from the. Uh-huh. Hey, Tim, let, let me
1: back you up right there If that's the case Why don't they leave the chick that's at the house And just go be with the other woman Why do you think they go back and forth
4: I can give you some very good reasons and, and, and this isn't every case This is the case that I like I'm not saying this is every case Some guys just scallywag And they need to be sucked in the job But that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about what women contribute um, Often Actually love that woman and they're in kind of a quandary because this one does what that one doesn't, but I love this one, and they like the stability, and often they love their children. They like the family. They like the benefits of what marriage brings, the stability. She takes care of the home, and, and you know, he may give her the money and she pays the bills, and, and it's also very expensive <laughs> and very hard on a man when he gets divorced because it's going to cost him a lot in most cases. So there's a lot of reasons men don't just leave. And sometimes they see the release as something that can go on for years and years and years as long as nothing changes. And they just kind of live, you know, a split life. And I do not agree with it at all. I don't support it. I don't condone it. I'm just stating what it is.
1: Well, hey, I want to ask you this. I'm going to give you, in my opinion, there's this thing. Uh, one, of, one of the psychological theorems proposes that we have psychological attachments, and what I mean by that is these attachments are formed in childhood and are associated with, like, psychological traumas, and what they do is they end up having these limited be- belief systems, these perceived limitations, and one of them is called the control attachment. And what this involves, typically is when a man grows up and he is growing up having to appease a a mother or the mother was always correcting or over-monitoring him. Hint, ladies, those of you that are raising a little boy, when you keep uh, giving him everything he wants or over-correcting him and, you know, this is what ends up happening later in life. He grows up with this, it's kind of like a freakish Uh, perverted relationship. He doesn't want anyone to control him, but everything he does leads to him being in a, quote-unquote, subconsciously dependent uh, on being-controlled relationship. And what ends up happening is he wants a woman that is controlling, and he wants a woman that um, is going to just pretty much give him the stability and a frame And this can take place with everything from a man that is a millionaire. Like if you look at the show Scandal, one of the uh, plays that they're making with her and the president is the president needs someone to control him. And if you notice the the more that he has what he wants, the more he fights against it. And that comes with his advisor to his wife, where he is someone that has created a perfect frame and is playing the American agenda to give this guy what he wants, but he rebels when he gets what he wants because he wants somebody that he can't control, but he goes after another controlling woman. My question to you, Tim, and, and I saw this in in your movie um, you, do you believe and do you think that sometimes it is some of these like negative, and I, we're going to talk about three of them, but like in this control attachment that men are looking for women that really have their stuff together because what they, when that woman has everything together, they don't have to have it together?
4: Um, yes. Uh, there are a lot of men. If you were never led by a man, then you never see yourself in a position of one day being a man who leaves. You don't know how. Today's women, many of them plain and simply do not know how to cook. Their mothers didn't teach them because they have a fast food lifestyle or the mothers felt like, I'd rather just throw something together. I don't feel like you all the, the, the tricks of the trade like mothers used to do. Now they get married, they don't know how to cook. And if a man has never been taught by a man how to take the position of a man in an authoritative and leadership position, with a balance—not being an ogre, you know, or or, or some monster—but but really leading his family in every positive sense of the word. He just doesn't know, and he sees the woman as someone who's supposed to do those things and take care of him. His mother bought him everything. His mother thought for him. His mother guided him, even pushed him in a certain directions. So when women say there aren't a lot of good, there aren't any good black men which they so often say, the answer to your core question is no, They actually aren't, because mama doesn't raise very good men. It's just not what she does. Mothers nurture, fathers build, and it takes two to make them and it takes two to raise them. You get completely different messages sociologically, psychologically, and in every other way from your mother and your father. They, They teach completely different lessons. Mothers carry children inward toward their bodies, Men carry them outward, and even that is the cue. So mothers over baby children, especially boys, I watch them, oh, honey, oh, you hurt yourself, oh, honey, oh, baby, oh, it's like me. It's like, boy, get up. That didn't hurt. That's how you learn how to be a man. And so now we have these soft guys. I I see some of these young men. I don't know if they like wee-wees or woo-woos. I'm not even sure if they know. They, They don't have that man thing. You know, my father raised me. My grandfather raised him, his grandfather raised him. There hasn't been a broken line of men in my family lineage since 1825. And there's a certain kind of man that's instilled in us. where we get it. And all of the marriages in the family have been very solid men doing what they're supposed to do because that's what we know to do. And now these young men, all they know is mama does everything. Mama drives me around. I need money. I go get it from mama. So what the ladies expect them to think of you. So now, yes, let me ask you a question the while you're on that. Problem, that lady.
1: second type of attachment is called deprivation attachment. And what it typically involves is a tendency to feel unfulfilled in life uh, while attempting to fill the emotional void with people, substances or things. And the way that I've spotted this in women, and I think men, some men take advantage of this, is women that have grown up with unmet needs, meaning that Father left them at some crucial point in their life. So at that crucial point, it could have been pre or meaning the onset of menstruation, or it could have been when, okay, now I have to determine do I like boys or girls, or now all of a sudden I have to take care of my younger siblings. So this woman never did get to have a childhood, and now she has grown up with unmet needs. All of a sudden she meets this guy. And this guy comes along uh, meeting these needs. He knows what to say. He knows what to do. Uh, this woman wants to feel love. She's joined everything from eHarmony to Match.com to Black Planet, if you go back in the day. And once she meets this guy, the minute that he gets her, the minute that he secures her and gets her in a place where he wants her, then all of a sudden he stops meeting those needs and this deprivation attachment kicks in. And the only time that you see that it comes back to form, is she is about to leave him or when um, when the uh, relationship is about to fly south, now all of a sudden he pays attention long enough to get her back. A good example of this, if you watch Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, you will see Stevie doing this to every woman that's in his life. How do women end up protecting themselves from getting into a relationship based on their own attachment needs and while they're, let me put this another way, getting into a very dysfunctional situation where you got two hurting people together, now they're hurting each other because hurting people hurt people. What's your suggestion to avoiding that?
4: Uh, It's complex. First of all, women need to... Understand that they have to fix themselves first And a lot of times they go in broken They go in with the wrong set of values They're programmed from childhood To try to overpower men Because their mothers Have to often uh, uh, Put fires under their fathers For not doing what they're supposed to do And their mothers have to take care of everything And they fail and need a man a lot time the teachers from grade school All the way through universities Are single mothers And they see the girls in the class as one day struggling women who will have to raise their children by themselves. And they see the boys in the class as rambunctious monsters that need to sit down and be quiet. Now, for the first time in history, white males have a higher college population. I mean, white females have a higher college population than white males. So women in general are being pushed to the front. So women need to realize that if you want a relationship that has the core values which have kept families together where husbands and wives stayed married 60, 70 years. It takes pulling back from trying to find someone that you feel you can dominate or finding someone who is just all machismo with no sensitivity to you as a woman. Uh, Often, today's men are so soft that women gravitate toward really bad boy kind of Edgy guys because they feel the machismo, they feel it's the man in them, but often they're machismo, but they don't have enough of their feminine characteristics, feminine characteristics developed, and they don't know how to balance this. So they're in kind of a, a, a conundrum of trying to find a place to fit. They don't have good examples of men and women making it work, so they really don't have a roadmap for what is the right balance for a man because they didn't have one in their father, their mother didn't have one in her father. So they don't have a grandfather to show them. their are friends. No one around them can show them what a the balance is in a, between a man and a woman. So they choose wrong. And when they meet a nice guy who's everything that they should be with, they think he's weak because they've only seen examples of how to try to get along with an overpowering man in most cases. And do you know in, in universities, one other point I'd like to make, in universities you can study women's studies, Lesbian studies, gay studies, LGBT, LGBTQ, which is queer. I didn't even know we can say queer. LGBTQI, which is intersex. When you're born with one sex and you feel like you're the other sex. You can study every single thing about female and homosexuality, but there are no studies on heterosexual male. So now we live in a society where as many as 90% of the children don't have their biological father in the home in some areas the highest in the entire world, in the entire history of the earth. And there's no place you can go from grade school through college to college and find out how to be a man. And you don't have a man at home to show you, and you don't have a grandfather. So where are men supposed to come from? The air? So when you look at the media, it only shows either feminine men, emasculated men who are pushed around by their women, or bad boys. And the only one of those three that can be attractive to a heterosexual woman is the bad boy. We have a
1: wow. Hey Tim, let me have, hang on a second. I'm one of my producers about to read something. We have a question that's coming out of a chat room. Go ahead, Julia.
3: Okay. Some some women have some different perspectives in the chat room, and it got a little heated. But one of the questions says, "What about women who keep themselves up and keep the romance alive? But then the man says after years that he just misses the rush of a new relationship."
1: Let me, let, me, um, let me respond to that, and I, I want you to respond to it, Tim. Uh, first thing that I want to say is this. When you start out with a shaky foundation, I don't care how nice you build the walls and the cabinets, the doors, and how expensive your chandeliers are, that, uh, what I, that little glass house is not going to stand. People change over time. And if you fail from day one to construct a relationship on something solid, if you fail to really talk to each other, and I'm not saying be polite and wait to talk or have some uh, banter back and forth while both of you are, very inebriated on a date and horny, but I do mean a substantive conversation. When you fail to have a substantive conversation, how in the hell can you have a substantive relationship? But that's just my take. What's your take, Till? This
4: is also a very multifaceted uh, question. For one, and this is a very difficult one, and I understand, but this is just a reality. A lot of women wonder why this man is no longer interested. How much did you weigh when you got with him, and how much do you weigh now? And I'm sorry to have to say that, but it's a reality. Our food is making us obese. I, if you look at pictures of black people in the 60s and 70s, we were a little thin people. Our food is making us obese. And it's very difficult to keep the weight down. But the media is constantly pushing images of sexuality as young, thin, and fit. And so the visual stimulation, which is the staple of a man's sexuality, is overwhelming. And then, unfortunately, age, childbearing, diet, makes a lot of women a lot heavier, but they don't want to come to terms with the fact that they have to look at themselves because sometimes they just aren't uh presenting themselves as attractive to these men. And there's also another problem Never in the history of the planet have women been so willing to sleep with another woman's husband. I know women who only sleep with married men because they feel like they get all the best parts and no responsibility. He's going to take me to dinner. He's going to take me shopping. He's going to take me on vacation. Then he goes home to you. And all I have to do is give him sex and he gives me everything.
2: And women have
4: have no regard for that.
2: Oh absolutely. Or, you, I've, I've not got to ask you it.
0: this and let
1: let me phrase this properly. Do you think because one I remember when uh you were making your movie and I was in pre med at U of H. We were at Frenchies and I can remember being uh interviewed for the documentary part of your movie and I was broke. I couldn't buy a mosquito a condom. I was so broke. And I couldn't get a date. And, and even the the woman that I was dating, I remember when I was, the closer I came to completing pre-med and I was looking at uh, getting to where I am today, the, the closer I came to that, the more that she rebelled against me and, and that, you know, I would no longer need her or that uh, now that I have, Uh, As I started evolving, I wanted her to evolve because they're just, in certain venues, there's certain ways you can't dress, certain ways you can't talk. And I'm not saying that you need to start brown-nosing and changing who you are, but as you climb that ladder, corporate ladder or otherwise, things change. So do you think that sometimes what is taking place is that the man is finally migrating to where he should be in life and he forgets about the person that helped him get there or do you think it's just the opposite, that uh, women are expecting something from a man that he's just not capable of giving?
4: I think it goes back to closer to what I was saying earlier, and I am not justifying that. I'm not agreeing with the way men do that, but men, plain and simply, have too many options. And a man that has his act together is a target, a man who doesn't have his act together but presents itself as highly sexual is a target. And until women will learn to respect their own selves, their own bodies, and respect other women's men, we have a problem. Because any a woman is willing to give herself to another woman's man, now we have some men who cheat, and they don't tell the women that they're married. Now that's just a lowdown, scandalous, that's all him. That's nobody's fault but him. But when a woman is consciously playing the game of ducking and dodging somebody else's wife or somebody else's girlfriend, that's just foul. And let's clean up that part first. That would make a big dent right there. If there are too many women that don't care about you. But yet, when they get a man, they don't want anybody to do the same thing to them. So ladies, watch your girlfriends, watch who your man is with, and when your man is going out, spend time with the boys. Those boys have breasts and vaginas often, and just—they—they just, they, they, their friends cover for them while they're going to do other stuff. You know, so you have to keep yourself in order, make sure that you're doing the best you can possibly do to stay as close to where you were when he met you <laughs> because he married what he was attracted to. Now, if you become 100 pounds more than what he was attracted to, then naturally there's going to be a shift in his interest.
0: Wow. And so that's just reality. Wow. Well, Okay, let me
1: ask you this. There is also a myth that men just cannot say no. And if we're being—if we're just going to be honest, it's not often that gorgeous women walk around waving their hoo in the faces of men and handing out open invitations for sexual intercourse, let alone anything else. But still, I think most men at some point in their lives have had an attractive woman really come on strong to them. And how we handle it depends on several factors, even dating status, uh, status presumably could be one of them, but, For the guys that aren't single and the guys that are trying to perform because they either have a group of buddies around saying, hey, man, you see that, or for the guy that just is, um, you know, he's just, he doesn't think and the the woman is dominant, or the guy you just caught him at the right time, what do we say when it's the perception that men cannot say no?
4: Well, a lot of women need to keep their clothes on. Because it's, since men are visually stimulated and women are walking around in, in garments that are maybe a quarter of an inch below their vagina, you know, and everything is just right there for the for the viewing and for the taking and porn is so prolific and there's so much stimulation and women just don't understand. A man can just literally see something and all of a sudden he's got a full erection ready to completely go there and it doesn't work the same for women. So men are overstimulated. Well, and, women are this, accessible. and women are overly accessible. And also because of their low self-esteem, women often like to know that they can uh, uh, provoke a man, you know, to sex just because they can't. It, it, it empowers them. So they're actually pulled at in some cases. Now, we do have some, of course, low-down dirty dogs who straight go looking for it. But sometimes you only have to look. It just okay, let me ask you
1: this. Do you think yeah. the problem then is that the women that are walking around, like I, I'm in Houston, Texas right now, and there is this place called Grand Lux. It's a restaurant here, and no, I'm not promoting it, but if anyone has ever been there, they will quickly agree with me. I see some sisters walking around in there with dresses just like what you described. I mean, just like what you described. You can tell if the girl got waxed or not. But my question is this. Do you think that maybe the woman that's at home should quit wearing the granny panties and the, that come up and cover her navel and put on what this woman is wearing out in the street that means him no good. Or let me ask you another question. They, um, I've, I've got someone that I want to add to this conversation. Uh, Jolivette, can you come and chime in, and I want to keep Tim on the line.
0: Absolutely. Okay, uh, Joe, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, I want to ask
1: a question of you. What is your take? And and I don't want, because I have a lot of female fans, and the point of this show is to help women not be victimized of weak men and to help women that have brothers that are actually pretty good dudes, to help those men be better men. What would you suggest to, uh, as a starting point for women to be able to um, combat the BS that's out in the street that's attempting to disrupt their families?
0: Well, it, it, it's a combination. And first of all, let me say thank you for bringing this up. This is a much-needed topic. It's, a, a, it's it's long overdue. And, Tim, God bless you for, for all of your knowledge and, and you, Giving us some great information, but there's there's always two Thank sides you. of a coin. Always two sides of a coin. And to answer your question, you can't look at the woman. You know, and and I know I'm going to get a lot of a, a lot of uh, 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 backlash behind it, and I'm okay with that because I have tough skin. But a a a hungry wolf desires not whatever the prey is. When it's hungry, it's going to eat and it's going to eat whatever it is portion. When a man has – and tell you, I couldn't have said it better. When a man sees the opportunity to cheat, he's going to do it. And and, and one thing that I love about, about this conversation is I think we miss what cheating really is. Before there's ever sexual intercourse, there's a conversation. There's a mindset. There's a thought process that goes behind How can me and you have some one-on-one interaction? And whether that one-on-one may be around you and your girlfriends or whether it be just me and you sitting here having a glass of wine, if there's an end, if there's a way that I can get some yardage, I'm going to get some yardage. And it has nothing to do – and watch this. It has nothing to do with the woman is doing at home. There are many marriages that are good marriages that still fall short because at the end of the day – Nobody knows everything about anybody. Nobody. Wow. Okay, Joe, but let me
1: let me do this because I, I want to get uh, Tim to get another word in because we have Deborah Atkins holding. She's a playwright that writes wonderful plays about relationships, and she has a new one coming out. But I want you to stay on the line a little bit. But, Tim, uh, two things, and before uh, you leave us, First thing is I want you to uh tell people where can they pick up the movie Diary of a Tired Black Man and uh how can they get in contact with you.
4: Okay, uh Diary of a Tired Black Man. You can get it on uh Apple iTunes uh movie store. You can get it at Walmart, Amazon.com. Uh, it's pretty easy to find. Some targets have it. And uh, it's out there. Just look up Diary of a Tired Black Band, and you will find okay, it.
3: Okay, somebody
1: has feedback on the line, turn uh, your computer down or your radio or phone down, but uh, I want you to repeat that one more time. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it where
4: else, Tim? Uh, Apple iTunes Music Store. You can get it at Amazon. Uh, Netflix has a pay-to-view movies. I think it's three ninety nine to see the movie on. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube. YouTube. You can pay three ninety nine to see the whole movie on YouTube. So you can find a Diary of a Tired Black Man. One thing I would like to add, I'm not overly trying to blame the women, but my perception of the question is what is women's role and why Ian could potentially be cheating. So I'm not justifying the men who are just absolutely low down dirty dogs and scallywags. With no self-discipline, and no self-control. There's that also. But you have some men who just find themselves in situations, and year after year after year, they still want to be there. But they they have certain challenges at home, attitude, you know, shift of body uh, uh, image, uh, uh, le- uh, less concern for the of, of a woman in her appearance and her the way she presents herself. And these things do wear down. And when you have so much stimulating media. And women who are flinging as much sex as a man can stand everywhere he looks is a very difficult challenge, and especially when these men have never seen a good, solid man at home as their father, standing Indeed. up, standing with his wife the entire length of his life, like my father still has with my mother. When they don't okay, see that, now, they now, don't you know. you got to
1: wrap it. But I tell you what, that's Tim Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, and he will be back on the show. I strongly suggest you go out and get Diary of a Tired Black Man. It is a wake-up call to the thoughts of men and perceptions on relationships. It's a combination uh videography and, and a documentary at with, mixed with a movie. Very well done. Very creative. Tim, we'll be talking to you soon. Julia, can you bring okay. Deborah back on, please? Thanks, Tim. We enjoyed you. Okay. Shelton, stay on the line with us. Hi,
3: can you hear
1: yep, me? Atkins.
3: I'm here. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can. Please turn down if you have a, a um, if you have a computer <laughs> or something on there. Oh. Is that better? I just
3: had it on the speakerphone. Is that better?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a lot better. This is Deborah okay. Atkins. Deborah is uh, one of the top playwrights. I know in the South Central United States I've seen several of her plays, Uh, If you're not familiar with her work, you can go to uh, WTAO, that's like William Tom Adam Ocean Productions, and check her out online. She's got uh, a new play coming out very soon. Deborah, you have written more plays about relationships, and they've been very balanced, where everyone gets to look good and everyone gets to show their dirt. What is your take on why men cheat?
3: You know what, actually I came in on a tail end and you, you, uh, come your conversation just a minute ago, and let me tell you this, it's no one reason why people do what they do, but I agree with some of the comments that was just made, but when, men, when it comes to people cheating, to me it's because that's what you, you personally want to do, and you can't blame one person because this person doesn't do this and this person doesn't do that. The bottom line, it's just like the old saying says, the devil can only tempt you. He can't make you do anything. Somewhere inside of that person, this is something that person wants to do, and you can use this for justification. And that's what happens a lot, where you didn't gain too much weight, Uh we don't have enough money. And people will use any particular tool so they can cheat. But that's a whole other conversation, Dr. Young, and I really would like to come on your show again to hear from a woman's perspective, because I heard what the, you know, the, the last person said, and it was good. He was saying a lot of good things. We know the problems, but what is the solution? So do America keep buying into the world is cheating, the world is going to hell? Who's going to stand up as men and take control of their families? You know, it's well, a show I, come out of, go ahead. No,
1: no, I, I agree with you, Deborah. And and one reason why I wanted to have this dialogue is that um, there are so many myths out there. Well at the beginning of the show I quoted like ten reasons why men allegedly quote unquote cheat. And of those ten reasons, I would say maybe out of the ten they were missed. And I'm gonna just run down some of the reasons that are stereotypical assumptions of why men cheat. The first one is boredom. The second one, it's uh, it's hoping that they get caught because they didn't want to be in a relationship anyway, so they just did some right. passive-aggressive behavior. The other one is it's all about revenge. They're getting back at every other woman for some woman that hurt them. Some men are just crazy, just like we go and want to right. ride a Harley Davidson when we hit midlife crisis and uh, go and splatter ourselves on the freeway. It's just risky behavior. Then there's always the excuse, baby, I don't know what I did, Maury, I was right. drunk. The other one is an ego boost. The other one is a, the person that they're in a relationship with allegedly does not care. Uh, the other one is I'm going to assert my prowess and show my power and independence. Right. Or it's the poor me, I'm this wonderful guy and this woman is just poor mistreating poor little old me. Right. And then the one that I really do buy into, though, is okay. avoiding intimacy. I really right. believe, Deborah and, and uh Jill Abette, that there y'all is mean. a lack of being transparent and yeah. being intimate yeah. with each other. Would you I, uh, agree with that? And Deborah, you go first, and then Sheryl, I want to hear what you think about that.
3: Let me just correct one thing. If y'all making it seem like why do men cheat? I think it should be why do people cheat? Because it's another side of the coin. It's a reason women cheat, too, because they're cheating with men. So we need to find out what's going on with the woman, Why? what makes her cheat. Like in this play I'm doing, One Good Man coming June 1st, she cheats. She has a good man. What makes her cross that line? She has a God-fearing man, a father figure, a daddy, a hard-working man, but yet she goes to the other side. So it, it can't be just one side. I'm not going to take up all your time, but go ahead, Shelton.
0: You it. <laughs> that It's good to hear your voice I, It's um, good to hear you <laughs>
3: too
0: darling <laughs> To answer your question From from my perspective The one thing that I was hoping you would Say Dr. Young Is emptiness People cheat because something is missing Yes And it doesn't, oh, necessarily, I... it doesn't necessarily mean From her Or from him Something And once again Cheating happens long before sex. I yes, think when you said intimacy, my hair stood up on my arm because that's that's it. Intimacy takes place long before clothes come off. Intimacy takes place long before the bedroom shows up. Intimacy, inti- intimacy, intimacy means look into me and see yes. where it fit. One thing that I, I, can, I can assure you is people have forgotten that they are whole within themselves, and they look for somebody else to complete that. Well, hell, two, two half people won't make a whole person. That's right.
1: Okay, so let me ask a the mid- question. There's this theory of rejection attachment, and that theory basically okay. postulates that it involves a tendency to feel hurt, rejected, and criticized while often consciously or unconsciously doing things that invite the very rejection, criticism, and hurt that this person feels that they feel. In other words, they are creating what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy. So for those of you that don't know what a self-fulfilling prophecy is, here's what it is. It's kind of like you saying, I know I'm going to have a test tomorrow in math that I'm probably not going to pass. So the night before, you figure I'm just going to run to this party right quick and then, okay, well, I'm going to stay a little while longer because I haven't been out. Well, okay, well, now I'm going to stay a little while longer because my friend just got here. And then when you come home at 2 or 3 in the morning, you start saying, well, I knew that test was going to be hard. I probably ain't going to pass it anyway. So you just did all this stuff that was going to lead you up to failing this test. Another example of it in relationships is you feel like, well, you know what, all women or all men cheat. Or, you know, he's probably or she's probably doing it anyway. So, you know, it. I, I'm just, it ain't nothing wrong with me having a friend because when I need $5, I know that they're going to give me $5. Well, my response right. to that is if you weren't messing with that person, your butt wouldn't need $5. But if we go back <laughs> even further and we look at rejection attachment issues, Fine. they still stem- Something and they stem from either growing up being rejected or criticized. Yep. They growing up seeking a bully's approval, and that bully could be mama, or daddy, a sister, yep. or somebody that yep. you wanted to like you. Or it is consci- uh, you're consciously hating being rejected, or subconsciously you actually are inviting criticism and rejection so someone will feel sorry for you, or you're trying so hard to please other people. At all costs, you're probably trying to please people that don't even like you with the only end result being that you feel I'm not lovable, you end up feeling like I'm not good enough, and then you end up feeling alone. So, Deborah, since you wrote a play called Sorry, I'm Not Good
3: Enough. I'm Not Good Enough, yes. Let me tell you about
1: that. We get the I'm Not Good Enough let me give too much to somebody that doesn't deserve it and then have a nerve to nerd feel hurt when we get played.
3: Well, let me it tell you is. what it is. We look to people to validate us. We go by people's mm-hmm. standards, their rules, and it, m- pretty much what America says, whatever well, America dictates us, that's what we go by. But let me tell you, one thing we're missing out this whole conversation, that vault that uh, Shelton talked about a minute ago, it's, it's a place where God lives. We're never going to be complete. We keep looking for people to complete us. But that place you're looking for, it's a God place. And I know that's a whole other conversation. But until mankind return back to God and do it the original way, which we realize is never going to happen, this world, isn't, this world is going to be in a, in a mess. It really is. So back to your question. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the reason we do look for people to validate us, and if they don't, we go from person to person,
1: Until we get that validation, we're seeking Wow. Let me ask Julia something. Julia, you're monitoring our chat room. If you don't mind, chime in and tell me what's being said out there.
3: There's all kind of comments. I think the women for a while were about to uh, start a riot out on the street (laughs) in the beginning. So now it's kind of shifting back. I think people were feeling a a little bit attacked as women at first, and I know that wasn't the intention. Um, But, yeah, now hearing the ladies talk is kind of shifting the balance, you know, but at the end of the day, the truth is the truth. So, Right.
0: Well, what I want to
1: say, I want to say this to women as well as to men, but first I'm going to talk to the ladies. And, Sheldon, I want you to chime in after I get through making this statement. Ladies, People treat you how you treat yourself. So if you've been letting yourself go, don't be surprised when someone lets you go. Mm -hmm. You know, if you haven't been taken care of and nurturing and loving yourself, don't be surprised when someone stops taking care of loving and nurturing you. And moreover, when you just start living the status quo, when you start existing in the void, don't be surprised when you wind up in the abyss. Go ahead, Sheldon.
0: I, I, I don't know how many of you all watched Scandal, but the line that will stick with me for the rest of my life, outside of God's word, is when Olivia Pope said, if you want me, earn me. That rolls every hair off of my bald head back up. Because <laughs> when she, wow. When she, he, he, hear me good. When she said that statement, she told the president, she told Fitz, she said, Let me tell you something. You are a married man, well, and I'm tired of playing your game. If you want me, you will have to earn me. No longer will I be at your beck and call. Don't call my back dog on the phone. Don't show up at my house on the I don't care how much power and authority you have. I'll be honest. One of the most difficult things for me nowadays is not a woman. I'm a drag racer outside of preaching God's word, writing books, and doing plays. I love drag racing. I love it. I can be in the middle of a conversation, Dr. Young, and hear a bike pass by my window, and I'm in trouble. Let Let me see if I can make that real real plain. A woman knows her authority and her power, and it's not just what lies between her thighs. It's her as a whole. If a man knows when I come home, I may not have a home-cooked meal, but at least you're there to listen to me. At least you're there to hear me out. I will take your correction. I will take your, your whatever. But at the end of the day, I need to know that I, you are mine in every aspect of the word. If I say, baby, let's go to the beach, you're going to be there. But what's happening nowadays is the woman that's at the house with the man, is so difficult to deal with. And the woman he spends more time with, she don't have to be the prettiest thing. it be good. It ain't got to do with her shape, size, or color. The fact that she listens and shows some attention, she's going to get everything she wants you out there, dude. Can I interrupt you for one minute? minute. Hang on, because Deborah, I'm going to want you
1: to comment after I make this statement.
3: Okay. Okay. Once upon,
1: a guy went in a small town. He goes into this little diner on the side of a road on a desert highway. He walks in. He looks at this picture that the owner has hanging right above the uh, where the grease trap is. And and he looks up at the picture, and the guy says, God dang, Honda, when the hell did you put a Picasso in here? And the guy said, oh, that old ugly thing. In other words, there are times that we can have something valuable, and it can be right in our face, but we don't know the That's value it. of it. Deborah, That's my it. question for you is, how do you really get to the bottom of your realized value and have that match your perceived value when you're a woman?
3: Let me say this. As a woman, I, I need to correct something Shelton says, and I, and I keep hearing the guys say this tonight. They're putting all women into one basket, and that, no. that's mm-hmm. not the case. You know, that's not the case. First of all, I've been married 31 years. So What keeps my marriage safe and secure, we both love God. We try to do things God's way. We pray together. We read together. We worship together. People don't want to do that anymore. So they take the easy road out, you know. And so what's the easy road, you? Deborah? go ahead and cheat, you don't, you're you not fulfilling all my needs, so let me just get my needs fulfilled this way. And it doesn't start with, with emotions. People become emotionally attacked. And I, I think because our lives are so busy, you know, God had an awesome plan where the men would work and the women would stay home and raise the kids. But nowadays, everybody works, everybody's busy, everybody's being tempted because this is what we see. The TV sets tell us this is how the world should be. We have all these modernized families. And we have gotten away from the real intent of what God had intended to be. So now everybody's buying into it. Everybody is somehow, someway is buying into, you know, it's good. You, just like you said about Olivia Polk, that's like the number one show on T V. And people are patterning their lives after this. Well if she can get a married man, I can get a married man. But why would you even want to go after a married man? Those are the things that need to stop. We don't respect marriages at all. I mean, once upon a time when people were married, you said, oh, no, 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 excuse me now. But nowadays, it doesn't matter to people. And until we go back to the solution, this world is in trouble.
1: True, but okay, dear, let me you ask you this. this. Let me back. Hang on just a second. Let me back okay, you I'm up on this. <laughs> here's what's going on in, in the world there are fewer divorces. There are fewer broken relationships in what we consider to be the peculiar world outside of the faith-based world. Matter of fact, most people that don't go to church are having better relationships than those that do. Uh, For the most people that aren't living a faith-based life, they're having no problems getting along with one another the way that people who allegedly are subscribing to a greater calling or to a higher belief system. Now, my question is this. When we compare apples to oranges, how can we get to a place where we're both talking about bananas? You know, because what, what starts happening and what I found is this. When I work with couples, um, you know, for now three years, I think I've helped probably over a thousand couples in the last three years in my practice. And okay. the number the top three things that I find wrong when I talk to these young couples, number one they don't know themselves, so how in the hell can they relate exactly. to someone else? That's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, they do. They wait to talk. They don't listen, so they don't have effective or reasonable communication expectations, nor do they mm-hmm. have uh, reasonable communication skills. And then the last thing is they set an unrealistic bar so high yes, that it no one could pole vault over it. So Sheldon starting with you, how do you think people can end up stop stopping being so heavenly bound that they're no earthly mm-hmm. good and they can actually start communicating with each other instead of at each other?
0: It Dr Young, it, it starts with honesty and I think I think you hit the nail on the head. You gotta be honest with yourself before you expect anybody else to be anything to you expectation is essential. Right. It is essential. I I can't go into, I, I've been happily married for 17 years, been with her for 19. And one thing that I, I share with everybody, the success of my relationship is I don't expect anything out of my wife that she's incapable of being. Her imperfections make her perfect for me, and my imperfections make me perfect for her. Exactly. hmm I, it starts with honesty, Dr. Young. And we can't, I can't go to my wife and expect her to be Olivia Pope because she's not. Mm-hmm. I can't expect her to deny a because she's not. I'll I, I give you this. This is the analogy that I use. As an actor, my job is to become on stage or on film, so much so that you question me when I leave. Exactly. And if I didn't become, then I didn't do my job. That's what I love working with Deborah. When I was in Deborah's shows, Shit, I got questioned about my relationship. Well, I've done my job. I was just that good. But when yes. it comes to reality, it's time to take the mask off. Yes. we can't we can't play, and that's what's happening in society. We play like we pretend. One of the reasons yes. why things are so bad, Dr. Young, is because people are deciding that I'm just going to stay in this thing and do what I want to do outside, and that's wrong. Okay, Okay, let me me ask you while
1: you're on that note, because this is for Mm -hmm. Debra. For those of you that don't know, Deborah Atkins is a writer and director. Uh, She's written several hit plays, um, uh, So Many Secrets, So Many Lies, I'm Sorry, I'm Not Good Enough, Still Not Good Enough, Family Secrets, Uh, Everybody's Man, When Love Walks Away. Uh, And now she's got a new play coming out called One Good Man that I really want to urge everyone to go see. But the, the thing I want to ask Deborah is when she did, a, uh, well, two plays that I really am thinking of. One of, the, one of them was a real hit called When Love Walks Away, and then yes. the other play was Family Secrets. And when I think about, about both those uh, plays, what they had in common was someone had their misperceived interpretation of someone else's reality, and they yes. acted on their misperceived interpretation uh, and on someone else's reality. One, uh, and still not good enough, I remember that the person was so busy uh, looking at what they thought was going to be an external solution to an internal problem, and they got slapped in the face. And then in the other play, uh, when love walks away, You know, the same thing, just a different spin on it, and it's where someone actually betrayed themselves in hopes of trying to make something better for someone else. I want to ask you, Deborah, how can we stop being so damn stupid?
3: You know, your first guest said it best. There are no good examples in the world anymore, and the people who have the knowledge and the truth to do better, they don't do better. That's what breaks my heart. It's a lot of good men out there. It's a lot of good women out there. But the good people are acting like the bad people. And and everybody's beginning to pattern themselves after what they see. And that's what the what problem is. What do you mean by
1: right that, now? Deborah? when you say the good people are acting like the bad people? Explain you, that.
3: You said it best a minute ago. Right now, it's, it's marriages are suffering more in the Christian or faith-based marriages. And they have the word. And you're like, well, why is that? Because now the faith-based people are beginning to act more like the world because it appears to be working. It appears to be exciting. It appears to be, you know, everything glamorous. So they, they want that, when we buy into that. But let me tell you, I believe God has such a special plan when he created mankind. It was supposed to be a spiritual connection. And right now we can't get the spirits connected because we're looking at the physical too much. It was never supposed to be about, like you and I, You, I love you like a brother. We just spiritually connected, nothing sexual. You see what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. we, we connected, and that was the plan that God had for His His people. It was never supposed to be physical. And you and I just had a conversation, and now we like a, a sister and brother from another mother. And mm-hmm. That's the way it's supposed to be. But right now, the world doesn't look at it. It's like, well, he got a fine woman. I better get me a fine woman. And it's not about that. It's you know, and, and I think until we get our eyes off of other, what other people are doing. It's never going to work, and TV is making it so worse. I I tell my kids all the time, we tell them not to have sex, but all they see on TV is sex. How are we going to stop our teenagers from having sex and doing these things if that's all they get to see?
1: So do you think that men are acting out of scripts from what they've seen in film, television, and heard on radio?
3: Yes, both ways, because like Shelton said a minute ago, It's what a woman allows. Until we women stop allowing some things, but your your guest said it earlier, because our self-esteem is low, we've been beaten down and broken down, so we're just so happy to have any kind of man. So we will put up with a lot of foolishness, and it should never be that way. But you said it too, Dr. Young, until that person learns to love themselves for who they are, and sometimes it's a hard place to get to, but you have to strive to get to that place. Me, I am good enough. I tell people all the time, you sing a song, you know, I'm I'm free to be me. Make your own tune, but till you get to that place, you're gonna you're to always settle for less. I'm sorry. Go but, ahead.
0: But it's not it's it's not just once again, Deb, and, I, and I and I appreciate that, but you can't put the blame just on the women.
3: Right? If it's the women. Starts, we both got it, a part
0: absolutely. in it. Absolutely, because a man has that desire. If right. a man, it, um, I, I I guess the best way for me to say it is opportunity and emptiness. Is why men right.
3: cheat. But why are you I empty, mean, though? That place. But why are you empty? What, one, where's the emptiness coming
0: from? Several places. He forgets, number one, who he is. Right. And he never considers himself in the equation. Never. And the second thing is opportunity. It's not just her. Because oh, I, yeah. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I can be honest with you. Some of these women are innocent, they get caught off. Right. I, I think Dr. Young said it best earlier. Some of these women don't know these men are married men. Shit, They go out of town, they right. do what they do. Right. Some of these women really believe that he's leaving her. Right. Some of these women want a good man and get a bad grade. It's true. It's one thing to see a beautiful car, and Dr. Young, you and I both share the same thing. We see automobiles that are beautiful. I used right. to work at a shop. We had some of the baddest cars in there. I mean, $100,000 had no motors in them. But if you want to mm-hmm. open up the hood, you want to get behind the engine and try to turn the key on. No, it doesn't make any noise. It's too late. You done bought it. But, Shelton, what is the solution, though? What's the solution? The solution Do we keep buying into it? No. Dr. Young said it earlier. The solution is you got to know who you are
3: first. You have to know who you are and who you are in God, too. We keep trying to leave him out of the equation, but we can't leave him out of
0: the equation. That's true. Now, listen, he's I love all all. He's our all creator. at the the director's looking at me like, hey, what are you doing? I Dr. Young, <laughs> thank you so,
3: yeah, thank so you much. I 22. pray that you continue
0: this. Deborah, great, 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 great. It's good to hear you. But I hate that doc, do I got to leave you honey. on the phone. But when I get back to Texas, we gotta talk, Doctor Young. All right, darling.
1: all right. A couple of days. Thanks for calling in, Shelton. Uh, that was Shelton Jolabent. And if you uh, just Google his name or go to IMDb, you will see several films that he starred in and plays. Uh, one thing I want—I want to address—and I want to invite callers to call in at this point to uh, engage in this dialogue. Uh, We're—we've uh, got a few minutes. We've got about ten minutes. Uh, right at uh, okay. uh, about fifteen minutes left before the show goes off. But the thing I want everyone to really hear in this conversation is that no one controls your destiny. Uh, And matter of fact, before Deborah gets out of here, Deborah, would you share with us where your play is? And and I want to urge everyone before Deborah does that get a pen out, write it down. You know, go and get tickets because typically her plays sell out really quick. Uh, and I think I'm not sure if this one is only a two show play or what yes, have you. it's two shows,
3: but it's just yeah, it's one day, but two shows.
1: Where and is it, Deborah?
3: Be at, it's going to be at the Living Word Faith Center here in Houston. Uh, actually, Missouri City. I take that back. 7900 West Way. Some people say Way, Some people say Frequa. But it's you Spell that so people don't know where that is. F U Q U A. But it's considered okay. Missouri City, Texas, but it's still Houston. And the tickets are $25 pre-sale and 30 at the door. But if you need more information, you can go to my website at Com. It's a long one, but if you can't do it that way, just Google me, Deborah L. Atkins, and all my information will come up, and you'll also be able to see some of the clips from my previous plays. And this play is going to be held at June on June first, Saturday. At the first show is three o'clock p.m. And the second show and is p.m. And the 7 name of it team. is One Good Man. And it's still a lot of good wow. men out there. And I, men need to come and see these men represent. And women need to come and see what kind of man they should expect to have at their house.
1: Well, and I'm a good a, man, so I can tell you, I know at man.
3: least one. I know, I know one too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we well, Deborah come
1: Atkins, support. thank you so much for uh, uh, coming on to the show. Uh, it is know uh, I, I know you. how busy your schedule is, and to have yes. a playwright with your talent and notoriety chime in with us um, is definitely an honor, and thank you so much for being my guest thank this Thank you evening.
3: so much for having me. We'll talk soon. I'll see you at the show for sure.
1: All right, love you.
3: All right, right, everybody.
1: I want to get into these last few things so we can um, wrap this thing up. It's been it's been a good show. Tonight's topic is men's. uh, Why do men cheat? And and I'm going to go and I had given you the first two reasons. One is he didn't love her anymore. Two, he had become disgusted. We touched on three about he just did not know how to say no. Now let's get to the last two. There's this myth that men just want to know that, just like women, they want to know that they still have it, that they are still attracted, that someone is paying them attention. And, ladies, this is something that you can actually do something about. When you see that a man's self-esteem is is just tanking, uh, it won't hurt you to tell him, you know, I really like you in that suit or, you know, you thank you for being a good father, or, you know, you're really still my best friend. These things will bring in major dividends later. And, gentlemen, one of the a uh, few of the most stimulating things that you can do for a woman have nothing to do with stimulating her body, with stimulating her thoughts and her mind. First thing is help her clean up the house. <laughs> you know, it is really funny. But I have heard time and time again that women say it is so sexy when they have a man wash the dishes. And I'm not saying stand in the kitchen naked in your drawers watching dishes like you've been Rames in a movie. Please don't do that, especially if you have small animals or children. You might frighten somebody. But the truth is they do want you to help out, and help out with the children. Help out around the house. Take the trash out without being asked to do it two or three times and help her to do the things that matter to her, like put up the groceries, go shopping, little things like that. And then this next one is men say that one of their reasons for cheating is they got cheated on. Ladies, it is so true that men do get punished, and they get beat in the courtroom when they get a divorce. And I'm not talking about sorry men. I'm talking about good men. Typically, they will end up paying spousal support, uh, or, or uh, you know, and I'm not saying punishment is child support because kids need, mothers need help with children, but men interpret it they interpret that, and sometimes people do turn the kids into weapons on both sides of the fence and things like that. So most good men are gun-shy of getting back into a relationship and failing because what they associate with it is I'm going to have to give you a house, I'm going to have to give you a third of my paycheck, and I'm going to have to take care of some kids that aren't mine or that, or what have you. So uh, that revenge factor that you see a man feeling because he has been hurt, you know, talk to him about it. And the way that you do that is just ask him a few questions. And, and here's how you do this. Uh, when you start seeing that the conversation you're having uh, looks like he's attacking you, what you should do is seek information. And gentlemen, do the same thing. When it seems that that woman is abandoning you, give her information. And here's what I mean by that. When someone starts attacking and going at you, starts saying, well, you know, uh, well, why, tell me why you feel that way and what can I do to make sure you don't feel that way. Or when you start feeling that someone is shutting you down and shutting you out and you're being abandoned in the conversation, that's when you start making volunteer statements like, you know you really matter to me. And I know you're not talking right now, but if you can hear me in the midst of all of this turmoil, hear that I really love you and when you're ready to talk, I'm here. You know, those little bitty things are a good road map toward opening up the door from communication. And then here's the number one reason why men cheat, at least from what they've said when I've talked to them and in many surveys, they're not getting any, <laughs> Yeah, I knew you. some of you out there now going, no, he didn't just say that. Yes, I did. Let's all be adults and agree here that after a certain age, we commit to someone because we like him or her awful lot and need a socially defensible way to sleep with them on a regular basis. And I'm not trying to belittle anyone's moral or religious views on this issue, nor am I saying sex is the most important part of a healthy relationship, but it is a big part. And as adults, it is really important that we match what should be a meaningful and wonderful friendship with a romantic component. If you're in an emotionally fulfilling relationship, but it's sexually inadequate, you got to do something about that. You can't just keep hanging around, avoiding, and not having difficult conversations. And, ladies, I'm going to say this so I don't get any bad mail and letters from you. Jealous and incompleteness in your relationship. Kick that to the curve, fellas. Go and see your doctor. Get a checkup. You know, your libido may be down because you need some testosterone injections because your hormones are off, or you just, you know, if you're a, feeling like you're not attracted to your mate anymore, tell her because she's probably not that all attracted to you anymore either. So both of you all can take your butts to the gym together instead of pointing fingers and telling the other person they should go. Both of you could change your lifestyle and get a healthy diet, check your cholesterol, and that will give you the energy as well as the incentive to start being romantic with one another. And the last couple of tips I want to give you to help your man from being unfaithful to you is be faithful to yourself don't settle for less than what you deserve ladies if you've given a man three or four children look at his behind and tell him you try having three babies and weighing the same thing but after you tell him that encourage him to take care of his health while you take care of yours and gentlemen don't expect your woman to look like Holly Berry when you look like Joe Scary. It you have to be that which you seek and you have to be that which you seek even after you find the love of your life. Just because you find it doesn't mean you have to do you don't have to do anything to keep it because you do. Life is what you make it. Now with all of that said, I just want to tell you guys thank you every Friday night at nine o'clock you can listen to conversations with Dr. D Yvonne Young here on Block Talk radio. in case you miss hearing this thing live, you're working or you just can't get to the computer or you can't sit there at the job holding your phone, don't sweat it the shows are archived so you can always go back in and listen and last and certainly not least, I've already prayed for you, please. Say one for me too. I love you. Have a fantastic weekend and I'll talk to you next week.